Now broadcasting live via so Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped like right your mom in here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing what? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hi, this is Paul from the Bagden Boardcast. You are probably wondering, why is Paul doing the intro, not Chris, and then John, and then myself jumping in? It's because I lost the first seven minutes of the podcast. Um, not really lost, it was just the sound quality was uh, not good. It, something went wrong with the actual recording, and I apologize for that. I'm very sorry, and I'll try to do better next week and the weeks to come. But uh, So what you missed... It's our standard intro, the first beer review, and us talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being picked up for a second full season, and also uh, Agent Carter. Not of S.H.I.E.L.D., and not of Mars. So, there you go. Uh, And you'll jump right into Chris talking about him wanting to watch uh, the new shows coming to the CW in the fall. So, we're right into the Week in Geek. Again, I'm very sorry about uh, audio hiccups, but they will happen, especially when you deal with a bunch of amateurs like myself. So enjoy this week, because I know Chris certainly did. But I'll probably sit down to watch CW's The Flash, which has also been picked up for a full season. Full season, not a half season. Not So they had the pilot, they liked it, they ordered the full season. Yep. Yep. Uh, You're also going to be getting iZombie from them as well. Which is also picked up. And we posted earlier this week, uh, our Facebook followers, the full Gotham trailer. Thank you guys for yep. finding that so quick. Yeah, not a problem. Also, I was on Monday. Yeah. Also released today yeah. is the trailer for Constantine. What? Which looks Which really good. Also picked up for a series. <laughs> full season? Yeah. Wow. 22 episodes? When we're talking full seasons with these, like honestly... Constantine, I could understand if they wanted to do something a little darker, a little edgier, and be like, you know what? Full season, 16. It definitely seems they are going more with that horror route. Mm-hmm. Um, when the trailer first starts off, I was kind of thinking like, oh, this seems kind of in that vein of Grimm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Grimm has a full 22 season. Which is on CW. No, no it's, it's, it's on the same okay. station as uh, Constantine's okay. going to be on. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, because look yeah. at what NBC that does. They good, got Hannibal. Good program block there. They got yeah. Hannibal, Grimm. Uh, they had the Dracula thing that they tried. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they've been trying all these darker, like, and then doing, you know, modern twists on really dark kind of stories. Yeah. But Constantine oh. looks pretty good. Uh, I, I watched it with my sister, and after it, my sister was just like, well, it looks like they got it right. Yeah. Especially with oh, the, the trailer. The trailer. And like, um, <laughs> the trailer for a television show. Okay. 
Sorry. That's the world we live in. I, I didn't really realize it, how, how silly that is, but we watched the Gotham trailer. Yeah. A trailer for a television show. Well, like, with, Me? with the big launch, uh, with Arrow, mm-hmm. they were going into this whole thing with, uh, Deathstroke. They were having trailers for that. To big get you. For Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. To get you into, like, this new storyline that's mm-hmm. coming up for, for that. I mean, it's just like reading a previews. Or reading a solicitation for something. Or a movie trailer. Is, it, like, it's, is this a, but this is, it's not just me. This is a relatively new thing. Yeah, I this think definitely it's... Ha- trailers for television shows have only been happening for less than we've been doing this podcast. This is a new thing. Probably. <laughs> Some, yeah, somewhere in there. It's something that to get you interested in either the new season or, you know, it's, when a season's ending. I understand, like, at the end of the television episode, like having... Stay tuned for next week. That's been going on forever. But launching well, this is, trailers. This is kind of the the same thing. It's like, hey, stay tuned for this show coming up. And but they're not on television right now. But here's the thing: is you, but they're they're not on television, but they're online. You need to get people. They finally embraced. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get people aware of interested. In something, because there's so many things out there now to steal your attention away from these shows on TV. And what better way to do it than a trailer like this? I was already going to watch the first episode. This made me go, I am definitely going to be there to watch this. It's going to air on Friday nights. And I was like, yep, Friday nights. I know what I'm doing. I'm watching this series. And also, here's the thing, too. This trailer just came out a couple hours ago. Um, I usually do all my research and browsing on my phone, but I, I had the day off today. I was on my desktop looking up stuff for the show. So when I went on to Facebook, Constantine was actually trending on Facebook because wow. now they give you like, hey, here's what people are talking about. That kind of surprised me because, okay, being in the comic book bubble, we know mm-hmm. what it is. The movie's aren't if you tell someone like oh you know what did you ever see that Constantine movie or I'm a big Constantine fan like they're gonna be like uh, you know the movie where they, it's I, uh, uh that was a thing Keanu was in Keanu it? Reeves battling demons oh you mean uh bogus journey bogus <laughs> you mean Bill there, and Ted's bogus journey right? there were no demons in that movie it was the, evil ro- versions of themselves oh. robots and aliens bad robot uses. I've never seen them. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, no, Paul, no. <laughs> what? I remember. Oh, picking... no, wait, I can't dwell on this. Okay, okay. Sorry. I remember picking it up with my older brother Ryan at the video, at Blockbuster Video, because honestly, <laughs> my family, we would. Are you sure it wasn't Video Factory at that time? Could have been. Movies Plus? <laughs> was Zappers. Oh, Zappers was dope, yo. <laughs> I think it was. You had to play the video games before you could buy them. It was unheard of. Uh, so we picked it up, and we're like, oh, let's watch this. And my parents were like, no, that doesn't interest PG-13? me. PG-13? No. <laughs> I saw that in the theaters with my family. I don't remember the first time I saw it. And then we put it back down. The Bill and Ted movies are much like Star Wars, where I never remember actually watching it for the first time. <laughs> so I'm assuming I was born with the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So, Paul, when someone asks you what your favorite number is, you don't automatically I go, go 16. No, that's the no. first one. 
Okay. So you've seen the first one? Yeah, I've seen the okay. first one, not this bogus journey. Because I, I liked, we watched the first one as a family, like, and that's what prompted us to be like, oh, they have another one? And my parents are like, nah, it's okay. We're, we'll watch something else. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't, yeah, if you had already seen the first one, I can sit, like say like, oh, okay, like it's not gonna be anything like worse content wise if you're a parent. <laughs> it must have been. It didn't have so crates in it, so I, mean, <laughs> I guess that's why it kind of takes it down. It must have been the but fact that they that they die that they die and they go like to purgatory and they see hell. Maybe no, no, I. Well, my parents have never seen it either, John. I don't think. Yeah, but if you pick up the box and look at the back of the box, it gives you a description of the movie. Your parents just not like Bill and Ted. Maybe they might have seen. You know, we. I don't. It would be funny if they were renting all the stuff that you missed out on childhood. They were watching after you went to bed. <laughs> what if they had already seen it? and They're just like, no, <laughs> we don't want to watch it again. We need our. Are thing- your parents just not like Alex Winter? Is that it? I think maybe. Uh, we probably watched the first one maybe two, three week at, weeks before that, and then we're like, oh, there's a second one, and my parents were like, well, we just watched that first one. And don't defend show. your parents on this. It's <laughs> point where your parents are wrong. <laughs> I remember... I when, think like, we picked up American Tale instead, and that's a horrible movie. Wow, he was... That, that, was, that, was, that was vicious. Just turning the blade. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. gosh. I remember when bath. Pizza Hut was doing, like, dinner in a movie thing, where if you would <laughs> go buy a large pizza, you got a free DVD. And one of them was Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And I desperately wanted to get that movie. So I was trying to talk my parents into going to Pizza Hut to get pizza. But I was like, no. It's pizza. We live in Buffalo. We get real pizza. Place. <laughs> I was like, no. But, okay. Uh, not yeah. to dwell on what we no, were we, not dwelling yeah, we, on. And we definitely did. But um, Sorry. talk about Flash. Yes. Trailers I, for I television. Zombie. I zombie. Okay. The one thing I wanted to say real quick is listeners were probably screaming, Paul, come on. Your Dunderhead. There was trailers for every single episode, every single single season of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, those were always released, and they also did the spoiler leak things beforehand, like uh, the trailer for the first episode of uh, when he gets on Scarrow, you know, when he's sitting in the cafe. So yeah, so it has been done before. Gotham yeah, and the it's something. To, it's something that the people who would be interested at are people who are going to be online that would see that to say, oh, I need to make a special thing to watch and, also, and everybody's online now. and in the case of even Constantine it was trending on Facebook so we were looking forward to it no matter what like had this been on, like trailer come out or what like, can he be can he pay to be trending on Facebook I don't know because there was something else can that was trending once before and it was something like completely random and I was like really? can, is like, it always but could he there be a sponsored trailer? no because it Anything that's sponsored on Facebook has a thing that says, okay. like, sponsored message or advertisement on it. Okay. Um, Just... But this is the world we live in now because we know what it is. We were looking forward to it regardless. But people are talking about it, so now other people are going to be like, oh, let me check this out. So it it is working. We're talking about it on our comic book podcast. You know? I'm expecting people to, like, see it and be like, oh, hey, have you – did you see this? What's this about? Because uh, like, that happens with comic books oh, yeah. or TV shows now. I loved all the stuff. with. I love seeing the old cab, too, and him, like, riding in the back of it. And it's – we were talking before we came over here, too. We're going to have seven live-action comic book TV shows on the air at one time. On the major networks. On the major networks, yeah. And that's not, like, Walking Dead or anything else that they're going to be bringing from comics on those other channels. Yeah, Preacher. 
Still not greenlit anywhere. But still... That's been in development forever, everywhere. Still something that they keep talking about. <laughs> See, Preacher is something that you gotta get it just and then it was right. Well, now and AMC. AMC is thinking about it. And... But I mean, here, here's the thing. Okay, we can talk about, like, Preacher... Mm-hmm. But that, that's have. all I'm saying. By but, comparison, like, okay, these major, like, comic book superhero stuff, no. which people thought... But no, like, you can say, like, major comic book superheroes, but... Arrow, mm-hmm. Flash is probably like the top tier that we're yeah. going because then after that, Constantine, Agents of Shield, which does not feature any of the the cool <laughs> Marvel characters, right. Agent Carter, I Zombie, and then Gotham, and Gotham, Wait. which is Batman. Yeah, Gotham. It's Batman. It's yeah, Batman but it's Batman. it's Batman yeah. without Batman. It's, it's going to be it's Harvey Bullock. Harvey Bullock. That and then you have people pre pre costume. You know, you have a Weasley guy who's the Riddler. You know, it's it's before they become anything. And then, and Constantine, a character that's had no real like box office success. Like if Constantine had been like a big movie, mm-hmm. and then we got the show, be like, oh yeah, no brainer. But well, yeah, it was like eight years ago that movie yeah. came out. Well, the thing, what I'm trying to say is, okay, maybe not the hugest of comic book, but the Cape and Cowl stuff, well, that will probably never see, you know, unless it's Superman, probably <clears> will <throat> never see, you know, a full network thing. But these indie works, these smaller things, maybe we can yeah. do something with that, like your preacher and, and your and, eyes. <laughs> yeah. Before Wonder Woman, I always think that's worth noting. Yeah, remember, and Wonder Woman. Yeah, that kind of pilot. Didn't make it. And also, Lock and Key had a pilot. Yeah, one of the reasons they turned that down, I think, was because it was going to be just too expensive. And I think somebody died that oh, was in the production thing. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, but I think it was just too expensive for that. Hmm. But so we. I'm surprised about- because it doesn't at all happen just within that kind of house. Yeah, but you got like the shadow creatures. You got a lot of like computer effects that you'd be doing. Oh, okay. Well, we talked about new shows coming out, and Paul, you mentioned some cancellations. cancellations. Uh, yeah, uh, crazy ones. Sarah Michelle Geller is not gonna get out of season one, and the sh- her comeback to television. Robin Williams. That show okay. came out already. Yeah, <laughs> I no, I had feel a full that season. I remember seeing a good trailer for it <laughs> at the movie theater before something, and I was like. Oh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Robin Williams, like they were ad execs or yeah. something. Yeah, it looked like an interesting Chicago. Show. I don't ad- watch TV. Like that's the thing. That- yeah, I I think that was not doing well after like episode two though. Wow. Yeah, it was supposed to be Robin Williams coming back over thirty years from you know his success on Mork and Mindy to reclaim his uh, television spot. And Sarah Michelle Gellar, she did awesome on Buffy, like great, you know, television pro, you know icons and uh yeah got one season and it was it was doing fairly well in the ratings just canceled and also hostages on uh cbs cbs was announcing all their cancellations recently um community was the kind of one that made the note for me Mm -hmm. um community's big rallying cry was they wanted seven or six seasons and a movie and they got five no movie five no movie because I, I don't know, know if you could hear, if people Sorry. could hear that. <clears throat> but yeah, um, community over and done. Sorry, you probably Sorry. got at the levels. I'm looking at the levels. Back. I leaned back a little bit. Um, and community, you could tell 
the whole last season was them talking about how they don't know if they're going to be coming back. <laughs> and even in the last episode, one of the characters makes mention of, well, if you don't see us again, it's because a giant asteroid destroyed the Earth. And that's canon. <laughs> <laughs> and like, one of the other characters is like, what's canon mean? It's like, they know. <laughs> I saw. And that's, uh, I was watching one episode just because it, I happened to turn on the TV, and they were doing a whole Goonies kind of thing with a buried treasure underneath yeah, the that, campus. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and they were all part of the Save Greendale committee, and in the study room they have a like just dry erase whiteboard behind them, and they would always have something like hashtag Save Greendale, hashtag Six oh. Seasons in a Movie. Like people could also submit their jokes on Twitter, and they would add it to the board. And, like, one of the last ones they had was, like, here's your last chance to get your joke on the whiteboard. Like, Aww. it was a fun show that knew what its audience was and what they wanted. It was like they were cry- crying out desperately for ratings and reviews on iTunes yes. and getting no response. Um, I feel a kinship with them now. And here's the thing. One of the, like, final episodes that they did was called G.I. Jeff, where the entire episode was done as an episode of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Seems it amazing. Was, it was a fun show, and I'm kind of sad to see it go. More so than Parks this, and Rec, honestly. This, well, the thing with Community, it seems like they always knew they were on the verge of... It was kind of like how, what I was saying with How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Like, they were just going to... They were willing to throw anything out there and do whatever they thought was fun, because they're like, screw it, we won't have another chance at it. You know, why not? Where sometimes TV shows, like will have that edge and then lose it because they realize they're safe. They also had like the show runner was fired and then they brought him back and, you know, so they had, they had some problems against the first two and a half seasons. Like I loved it. I watched it religiously and then I just didn't have the ability to continue on watching it. And it was one of those things. Well, if I do, I kind of want to do it where I left off and then keep going. I don't want to like jump in and, not know that previous joke that they're leading up to again because it's really an inside yeah. thing. You need to be paying attention while watching. You got to be in the community to oh, understand it. Oh, well done. Sorry. And acceptable, unlike your. What's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, Dolph Lundgren? What's the motherfucker's name? Keanu Reeves. No, last week, Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great, but it was one of those ones where it's like, I'm a guy by head on the microphone. If you didn't hear that joke last week, you're probably Lou Ferrigno. Check out. But we're building up. We're talking about jokes that happened before. But that's all I had for news, honestly. Yeah, I didn't have much. Uh, how about a special happy birthday to friend of the show, Steve, uh, that's today? That's right. Happy birthday, friend of the show, Steve. Uh, when I first met Steve, I was thought it was super crazy because the first year I met him, his birthday was on Mother's Day, too. Wait, you mean his birthday's not always on Mother's Day? No, it's not. Oh, wait, but I thought it was. I thought it was because I was young and dumb. <laughs> Nobody explains that to an 11-year-old that, like, no, it's just every... Did you understand how Thanksgiving worked? I no. still don't understand no. how Thanksgiving works. I was just last like, Thursday like, it's always on or a second Thursday? last Thursday. It's the third. I think it's the third Thursday of November. Well, now I'm even Fourth. more confused. Fourth. Yeah, I think it's the third. Can, can the third Thursday in November ever be the second, no. last Thursday? Yes. Okay. What about Easter, though? <laughs> oh, Easter, screw that. That that deals with moon calendars and shit. Who, who figures these things out? The Pope. But I was like, man, that what a great Mother's Day gift. You got a son. Well, 
And then it's like, what? It's not the same this year? It's on a Tuesday? Happy Mother's Day, Mom. She's like, you missed it. Um, like, Happy birthday, Steve. We love you. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Thanks for being a friend of the show. You have rated and reviewed us, so we will make note of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's also- the only reason you're getting a shout-out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you're, um, you're a listener sitting at home being like, my birthday's today, too. You know why you're, we're not saying happy birthday to you? I didn't write this in review. Yeah. on iTunes. Unless you did, but then you didn't tell us it was your birthday. Yeah, you gotta let but us know. Mother's Day, uh, bang board lightning round. Favorite nerdy thing about your mother, John? Go. Um, it's uh, Thanksgiving, by the way. While John's thinking, Fourth Thursday. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There can be four Thursdays in November. <laughs> it's the fourth Thursday in November. We're horrible Americans. I Canadian Thanksgiving. Way to go! October tenth. <laughs> <laughs> they have a set date. No, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and guess when it is? It's always on Columbus Day. Wait, is Columbus Day always October 10th? No. Oh. It's always on a Monday, though. It's always on a Monday. <laughs> is that why they're giving no. this, though? Because of Columbus? No. I'm sticking to days I know. Everything else thrown out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I think this is so funny. <laughs> uh, enough with the arbitrary dates. <laughs> Just write it down. I'm glad there's always something out there that lets me know when these things are coming up. Uh, favorite uh, favorite nerdy thing about my mom, uh, she loves Buckaroo Banzai as much as I do. Wow. Uh, favorite nerdy thing about my mom is uh, she literally is a hobbit. Like she, 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 <laughs> no, she makes great ice cream cake. She she is she just like that whole like beginning section of Lord of the Rings, like the movie, and also in the books. Whenever they describe what a Hobbit is, my mom is like, no, that's totally me to a T. Like she loves gardening, loves good food, loves just having family over and cooking for everybody. She is she is at her happiest when she's having her Hobbit moments, and she even describes. I wouldn't say that about my mom unless she described herself that way, because <laughs> it this seems a little. Bit, she is shorter than me, so it does work. There you go. Uh, I'd have to say my favorite thing about your mom is she's a huge gamer. Yeah, she loves. Ga- I remember like showing up to like pick you up for something, and she's like, "Hold on," she's like, "Just give me a second to open that door," and then like she paused the game to let me into the house. Yeah. She uh, loves her Carcassonne. She loves board games. She used to, you know, when uh, we would be at home and we had the video game system, she got into quite a few different games. Yeah. I remember she was she, playing playing cool stuff that I was like, your son doesn't even play this. <laughs> my mom. Is that why Falcon never played Resident Evil? <laughs> yeah, <'cause> she, <laughs> mom was too busy My, with my mom stole it from me. Uh, she loved Seventh Guest, like on the computer. That was like one of the Wait. only games. It was like one of the first CD-ROM games, okay. Seventh Guest, and it was... You know, there was a bunch of puzzles that you basically figured I'm, out. I'm sorry, I was thinking about Alone in the Dark. That's no, the one no, I that's thought much it was. Later. Okay, sorry. Nope. Um, and yours, and Chris? a crappier game. Wait, really? <laughs> Alone in the Dark was really good. No, you're thinking Eternal Darkness. That no, was I'm really thinking. Good. I'm thinking Alone in the Dark, the original one. It was yeah, Resident but, Evil before Resident. Chris, Evil. you're thinking of a really good game, and Paul's thinking of something totally other. <laughs> it's like a text base. And he's like, I only know this from reviews I read in 1992. I know this because I bought it on Steam because it was a dollar. Never really good to play it. <laughs> yes. <Summer> no. Steam. <laughs> Yo, hum, hum, humble bundle right now. The humble bundle store. <laughs> Crazy amount Do of you deals like, right now. Oh, the guys are over. Uh, I should check out my Steam account. <laughs> no, 
But I haven't checked my stream in a while. No, he does because he just feels like he needs to be able to defend it if we ever bring it up. <laughs> okay, favorite nerdy thing about your uh, mom? Favorite thing about <laughs> nerdy thing about my mom is the fact that she's into the nerdy stuff that I am. Mm-hmm. And if even today we went to see Wes Anderson's Grand Budapest Hotel. And I thought she didn't like Wes Anderson movies because she didn't like Royal Tenenbaums. But she was like, no, I respect what it was. Like, he's got a very distinct visual style. And I like just like the quirkiness of it all. So I was like, all right, here we go. And Grand Budapest is quirky. It's quirky as shit. And this, like, this is a woman that will go see The Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings movies with me at midnight because she wants to be there for it because she can get just as excited for it because she read those when she was my age. Younger. Younger. <laughs> that just made me feel really old because I'm 31 <laughs> when I was younger than I am now. And that's, and that's why I can get into this kind of stuff because I was brought up with it. Like one of the first book series I remember reading was the Lion, the Wish and the Wardrobe because my mom bought me the box set of it. Yeah. So she's really to thank or to blame for what I'm into now. Yeah. My mom loved reading. She would always be reading. My mom was a stay at home mom for most of my life. She worked, you know, jobs every once in a while. Amtrak when we got a little bit older so we could, you know, take care of ourselves. But, Basically, when we were home with her during the summer, she'd be reading a book, and it's the one thing she never got instilled into me, that love of reading, <laughs> I feel a little bad about. <laughs> well, you, you read, though. Like, I do read. Well, I, I'm surprised you've read like, the uh, George R. R. Martin stuff, because yeah. I guess that's tough to slog through. It is. Huh? It is. Well, if you look really. and see, he's only read the first one. <laughs> yeah. Basically. But he has. He has. I have the other one. And- it is my Steam. My Steam account is up here. For so my you books. have your Steam account on your computer, then you have your books there, and then you have your stack of shame for the comics underneath it. Yes. Then you have your small little DVDs underneath that. Is that what that's for? Yes. It all comes together. <laughs> like when Kate says she's bored, and when we're home, I'm like, why? We have so much stuff to do here, entertainment-wise. Like it's like there's such a backlog. It's stupid. You should never be bored in this house. And you should never be thirsty as well, because we have another beer to get into. Oh, yes, we do. And our next beer is the Fleur de Belgique, which is an IPA brewed with Trappist yeast. Mm. And, like, usually John and I are the ones that go hard, and then Paul's the responsible adult that's like, no, I'll just take a little bit. <laughs> so John and I opened up two bottles and poured them out, and then Paul got a splishy splash from each of ours. <laughs> a little bit more from John. Paul was the first one to take a sip, and then he's like, I immediately regret my decision. <laughs> Every decision that ever led me up to believing that I should only take a splash of this beer must have been wrong, because this is a beer that is so fun. <laughs> it's just really light, but it has this nice like sweetness pop up front, and then you get that nice Belgian yeast on the back end that I really love, but that it's a fun, fruity kind of front flavor, and it, I can't right describe on the, it. Right like, on the nose, it smells just like a really good IPA. Like, mm-hmm. if this was something that I had poured out for me at a bar, I'd be like, okay, like, this is something I would have just ordered because mm-hmm. it's almost a go-to. Oh, and then the citrus rind back-end bite? Yeah, like and then that, when you're just sitting And then that Belgian-ness oh. right at the end. And it's, man, look how cloudy his, like, when Paul was holding it up, how cloudy that yeah. beer is, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very good beer. And then Paul was like, I open the next, I open the bottle, I give it to him, and then he's like, 
Oh, uh, maybe you guys should have taken a sip because I could have just drank yours. <laughs> you can save that bottle. <laughs> well, if I, because I'm like, man, who's on this side of the room? <laughs> it's me. Everything that I like, these guys usually go, Bleh. and everything that yeah, they love that is fun, I go. Usually, but, but, but Paul, you have just a, you have you have a weird outlook on things that are attached to weird thoughts and theories. Yes. And Hi, my name's Paul, and I'm uh, happy I'm, to meet you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's why you're usually always over there because you say something and it's like, what? Like, where's this guy coming from? And then you question it, and then you're like, this guy is going from point A to B, but he's traveling down to Z, going up to G, and then he's just going to go to C. He doesn't even care about B anymore. Nope. <laughs> know why? Wormholes and time machines. That's why. But how about this beer? Am I the only one that really, really likes no, no, it's it's, it's really very good. good. And, oh, thank uh, God. I... I I have to say, Ithaca, when they when their game is on, they do some really good stuff, and this is definitely when they're on. And like spoiler alert, we said at the beginning, John and I tried two of the beers before the show. This is a sampler pack that I've already been talking up to people based off the two that we like yeah. we tried. And now I'm like, there's no losing with this. No. I think no. it was like twenty two bucks for Ooh. a twelve for a twelve pack though. We buy four packs for yes. ten. So I know, yeah. I, I, I understand. Yes. Not but, to get ahead of ourselves on the beer front, but I think it's well worth it. But we kept on looking at the Southern Tier. Uh, well, honestly, because we've had all those beers before. Their 12 pack of their uh, IPA. Their uh, oh, the hops. Yeah. Whatever it was called. Whatever it is. Where it was Iniquity, uh, 2x IPA, and what was their other one? Unearthly. Oh, Un- yeah. Uh, Unearthly. Yeah. Unearthly. Yeah. And they have that in there. They have that in the twelve pack, and we're like, ooh, twenty three dollars. But that's beer that we've that's beer pack. that we've already had, and we can get it in the bomber. If and we you want can it. get it in the bomber. You can get them in a a, a four six, a six, six pack. Yeah. Like it's not like that's the only way that you can get that beer. And I have to say, like, if you want a weekend where you're just like, I'm gonna get blasted. That's the thing you. That's what you can pick up and just go like, yeah. And, uh, again, this is the thing. Like, okay, twenty two bucks for this. To share with my friends, easy easy to write that off. Twenty two bucks I would spend for myself, yeah. Like if I just had a weekend off and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get some beer," I would I would spend the twenty two bucks and and grab it. And you have six beer that are ten percent and over, one that's eight percent, and then one that's six. Like you have an ability to be heavy with the alcohol or lighter or what you feel like. And they all have a great, unique taste. There's two IPAs in here that are have a slight similarity, but they're totally different beers. I was going to say, we've been doing this blind. I think we should get the Hot Bloom next next to do the IPAs back to Mm -hmm. back. back back. Because they're they're still different, even though I think... Without knowing the recipes, but I think it's just the yeast is different. Full spoilers for me over here. Are the any, any other one as good as this? Because this one is really They're good. good. Um, the, tri- good. the triple's really good, and the other IPA is really good. I can't say as good or better than, because everyone has different tastes, mm-hmm. but they're all really good. To me, this is really good. Um, I think I like the Hot Bloom a little better. 
but it's it's, it's more, different. It's different. It's different. This is one of my favorite beers of all time right now. Wow, <laughs> this is really good. That's I just love. I just the, whatever sweetness and it mellows in, and then all of a sudden you get the you, you get the the Belgian spice, and then all of a sudden it fades away, and then it's that citrus hop. And you guys know how I love my citrus yeah. hop. And it it, it does have that so kind good. of tea. Yeah, that you like in mm-hmm. a, like a summer beer that too. That sweet tea. Oh, this now is if good. you like the other IPA almost as much as this beer uh-huh. or more. Would that twenty two ninety nine? Would that be uh, no twenty two ninety nine? This is this is twenty. This is making me sad that this isn't in a twelve or a six pack by itself right now. And that this well, is bringing was, me to tears. Right now. <laughs> um, other favorite thing about my mom: if I ever talk about a beer, she's like, "Yeah, I would want to try that." I told her today, like, "You need to go buy one of these at Wegmans because the like the two that we had, they're beers that if they were just available, I would buy. Mm-hmm. I would just have that because like." Now, yeah. good IPA. It's a good triple. Uh, yeah, I I, I do that. I I've sent beer to your mom because I know how much she mm-hmm. she does I, enjoy. And I she... gave her that super fuzz today. Oh, did you? Like, you need to let me know when you try this. <laughs> that was for like three episodes. The Allegium. Uh, yeah, uh, or not Allegium. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I've 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 sent over uh, a nice variety of um, the yeah. Smokestack series from oh, Boulevard yeah. and different things here and there because I know that. If she doesn't like it, like it, she will appreciate the oh, beer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that is, that is something. And she'll, whenever she sees me, she always stops by and be like, Oh, I picked this up. I'm having this kind of a day. So I picked this up because it's one of my favorites. And usually, it's good beer. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys notice that in your super, local supermarkets that, uh, these boxes are open and suddenly six packs are being sold, <laughs> <laughs> I might be, uh, I might be to blame. Mm. But who's to blame for comic books coming out? I'm sorry. Who's to blame for lightening your wallet this coming week? Okay, that was there better. You Thank you. Uh, Boom Studios for me. What? Wait, what? Are we getting into the list? We the are. Comic books we're most looking forward to May 14th, 2014? Yeah. Okay. Chris, what are you going to get? Oh, throwing it at me. I'm actually really looking forward to all new Ghost Rider number four, uh, written by Felipe Smith. Number Art three by- came out? Yeah. Number four is already coming up. Is this a double more? I don't know. I think okay. so, because it's, I haven't read three yet. It's hard for me to keep track of this stuff. Okay. No, no. Um, yes. Art by Travel Moore. Treadmore. Treadmore. Um, more tread on the Ghost Rider wheels. I understood. I, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I can hate you sometimes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this book. This is kind of the, uh, the dark horse of my comic books. Not because it's from Dark Horse, because no. you can't read their books on Comixology. But this is one of those books that when I see it, it's like, okay, I, I read this. I enjoy this. I like this. But it's not a series that if I was to like talk about, like, okay, I read Green Lantern, I read mm-hmm. Batman. This isn't something that I'd be like in Ghost Rider. But every time I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this book. I don't know how long I'll continue to get, buy it. If you get to issue eight, <clears throat> I have to say, then you read Ghost Rider. I think eight is the cutoff. That's off. a good cut. Because cause you've got through one full, you typically. Full arc. One full arc. You're either through the second arc and you're going to keep on reading, <clears throat> or you're one through one full arc and you're halfway through the second and you're still picking it up. Yeah. So eight is usually when I say you're, you're reading that book. And, 
Paul, how many arcs have you gotten through of your book? Uh, none, because it's finally com- making a comeback after all the licensing and, uh, and the IP issues. Uh, because when you get Disney lawyers on your side, you can make anything possible. <laughs> Copyright laws? <laughs> yeah. Forget about it. DC makes, or not DC, Marvel makes their own copyright laws now because they got Disney on their side, who basically set copyright, you know, laws with uh, the whole, like, no, 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 Mickey Mouse is definitely still going to be a Disney property, even though blah, 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 and the trademark has passed. Nope. They set their rules here in the United States. So we finally get the uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was X-Factor number five you were looking forward <laughs> no. to. No, no. no. no nope. However, there have only been five issues of that book. I feel like we talk about it every week. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Because uh, they're like, you know what doesn't sell double shipping? <laughs> X-Factor. But... Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. I'm sorry. I just wanted to throw a joke uh, in there. No, it's fine. We talk about it every week. (laughs) (laughs) Shang-Chi, it it was one of these characters uh, that has been tied up in weird uh, legal ramblings for the longest time, whether or not they can publish a new book and even publish the back trades of this stuff. But apparently that has kind of cleared up. And we're going to see... Oh, man. Marvel, why? Why? Why are you playing a Spider-Man video game trailer over my thing right now? Didn't Activision apologize for how bad that game was, too, and say, like, we won't be rushing out games like this until we feel like they're ready to go? They're going to basically wear the Electra armbands from now on. Uh, this is being written by Mike Benson and cover artist Dave Johnson, and I don't know who the artist is because it's a Marvel website. Thanks, Marvel. They give the artist, and then that's it. Oh, Tan Eng Huat is uh, doing, I guess, the interiors. And, uh, yeah, I don't know anything really about this character, but, you know, it's a number one and it's kung fu, so why not? I didn't know you were so much of a kung fu fan, Paul. I like kung fu. I loved uh, Kung Fu The Legend Continues on television back in the day. <laughs> I really did. I really enjoyed it. The Ancient One and all that. That's interesting. I didn't know that but about you. Here's the thing. I, I now knowing Christ. that, you can see Paul being a kung fu fan, right? Now knowing that, but also I've had those moments where, like, oh, what'd you do? Oh, Chris and I watched um, Rumble in the Bronx, another Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? Is that that you watched it with? Oh, that's supposed to mean. It was a late night. Fear choosing thing. Yeah, that happens. Um, Boom Studios, though, John. Boom Studios. I'm actually going to be picking up a trade from them, uh, and it's called The Savage Brothers. And um, this is written by Andrew Cosby and Joanna Stokes. Wait, I'm who, sorry. Cosby? Yes. Who are known Wait, what's for... What's name again? I'm sorry. I, I must have missed it. Andrew. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, who are known for uh, co-creating Eureka. Oh. And um, with... Fifi? Yes. I, I feel bad because I never watched that. It's on Netflix. And uh, artist is Raphael Albuquerque, which is, is one of his oh. big breakthrough things before American Vampire. Nice. In uh, the story... And, and Batman backups. Uh, the story revolves around two brothers who are your go-to guys during the zombie apocalypse who will go out, find your dead family member, and lay them to rest for you. Oh. 
Uh, they're then hired to find a scientist who's been turned who may be holding the key to ending the zombie apocalypse. Who's this written by? Um, Andrew Cosby and Joanna Stokes. So, I I wish I knew who that was so I could be like, oh man, this is... Uh, they co-created Eureka. I wish the I TV knew who series. it was. <laughs> it sounded... It was something that... How much product placement is going to be in this comic book? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that was the one issue with Eureka. But it's, Eureka's about like the small town that's all full of... Like, scientists. Yeah, yeah, scientists. Yeah, scientists. Yeah. Stuff, it's about yeah. the sheriff who's policing all the geniuses, I'm right? Sorry. And he didn't realize like what small town he walked It was Ghost Rider yeah. number three. Okay. Because I was like, how did I miss Your number pick? three? It's number three? It's number okay, three, not so four. So it's not getting double shot. I wrote down okay. the wrong number, yeah. Um, but this this story sounded really fun. And then you have Raphael Albuquerque, who I really like his art. From American Vampire. From American so Vampire. Doing zombies, it just kind of, yeah. Because he makes scary, scary vampires. So he can do scary zombies. Yeah. Uh, it sounded fun, something different, and for this trade, which collects like six issues, it's only nine ninety nine, which uh, I don't have a problem spending yeah. that. And it makes sense. In a, yeah, that's a good price. If you have a zombie apocalypse world, but there's you know some blints of society, you would have those people, like bounty hunters, basically. That you How would... are we going to make money or live in this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. people looking to make a buck. Yep. No. It makes sense. And this is a deluxe edition. Ooh. Ooh. So, hello, concept art. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I could be that jaded comic book fan right now, but now I hear, like, deluxe edition. I think, okay, I'm getting concept art, commentary, and variant the, and, covers in the back. And the script. The worst thing. Yeah, which I never oh, <laughs> yeah, nobody would look at. Nobody it's looks at. It's like, oh, what was the one issue of Batman that I bought where I'm like, oh, I missed the, this when it was first printed. Here's the second printing. And no, it was like the director's cut edition. Uh, it was like, it was the They've been doing that a lot with like Scott Snyder stuff. Yeah, they do and that it was director's like the whole script and there was no art in it. And it's like, then why even, uh, it really annoyed me when I... When I got home and I'm starting to uh, flip it open, I I'm hated like, the Morrissey, the Morrissey Batman. Morrison. Morrison. You cannot hate Morrissey and call yourself a human being. I'm sorry. Uh, no, he well, makes. He, was he ever? He part makes of everyone's. A group, or is he just alone? I don't listen to music. Morrissey, the Smiths. The Smiths. Okay. I'm yeah. getting up from yeah, the table. Yeah, Chris, you should. <laughs> you should. Uh, Get away from the table before you flip it over, Chris. But when they did that whole. I tried, but my hands got stuck in these, like, claw marks <laughs> in the table. Uh, but when he did that, oh, the Joker is returning to Batman, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and it was a whole book just of prose, prose yeah. I was like, fuck this shit. Like, I refused to read that issue, and I think I threw it out. I was so mad. <laughs> I, I can understand that. But luckily, maybe we can find that issue for a dramatic reading. Possibly. And now, a dramatic reading from Batman 663, Grant Morrison's The Clown at Midnight, the final page. Oh, well, that's not prose. <laughs> I know. Don't you love me no more? Chickity chuck replies the rain. And that was a dramatic reading from Batman 663. The Clown at Midnight. I'm just 
it I'm depressed because I'm looking at this book again, but then also because normally we get into the next beer after that. <laughs> and you guys are like savoring that one. Yes. We Batman have other turns to face Jemiah Arkham. This could be the first time I've actually read this book, guys. <laughs> it was the first time that John read anything from it, so I was happy that I got him to read that much. Guys, See how he's blinking, Batman says. He's swearing at you, Doctor. What? Morse code. Blinking? In Morse code? Arkham's haunted features rearrange themselves into mac- mask of derision. Bagging board bite. Or <laughs> not episode right here. <laughs> guys, we, we have other glasses in front, front of us. We can pour another beer in another glass and, yeah, and keep this. You guys are you're enjoying this. Oh my god, the Lunar Games? These are cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just flipping through this yeah. issue now looking at the advertisements. Well, I was looking at the advertisements and I'm like, oh man, I have some of these action figures. Say, the Wonder Woman book by Jody Picoult, like, I read those issues. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you're not, or Paul, you're not supposed to be talking during this, you're supposed to be drinking. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Ah, Aquaman, Sword keep, of Atlantis. I bought one issue of this. Ooh. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I bought the first issue. It, it was and then I was like... More like, they were trying to like ground him fantasy-based. And then I didn't have uh, a podcast to tell me that it wasn't about Arthur Curry. Yeah. yeah you, you do have these action yes, figures. I have two of them. You have uh, Red Arrow and Black Canary. I should really have Black Lightning. Then. I like him as a character. Black yeah. Lightning in that Justice League book yeah. was great. And that was right before or like leading into when they did the Final Crisis lead-up stuff. Yeah, and he was like, really good at that, submit, too. And that was great. Mm-hmm. The thing is, man. Monster Society of Evil, this is a book by Jeff Smith. I have those, too. Yeah, I have um, the beginning of it. Brave and the Bold, I bought that like series for the first four or five issues. That was really good. When's Fred Meltzer coming back to write some comic books for DC? I don't He's know. probably phoning in a novel, so maybe a year. Well, he kept on doing like one novel and then I've never read any of his novels. That was then... just based off of what I've heard. Book of Lies is pretty good. I think I bought one of them for my grandmother. She liked it. Yeah. They're good, you know. They're that kind of novel, you know. That kind of like, uh, but I enjoy that, you know. We had that TV show for a while too. Is that salon? Yeah, the, the puzzles or whatever it was. The uh, uh, American it? Und- America Undiscovered or yeah, yeah, like decoded, se- decoded, <laughs> decoded. It was about the secret messages and like the stuff you see every day. But it would just be, it would no, just it be him going like. And that's when we heard about this puzzle. And then he's like, "My team went to investigate," and that's all he did like, was narrate it. We're going to decode the Statue of Liberty. What's worse? Is it an Illuminati plot? And then, but he's sitting there on like a, uh, on a stool. And it's like, you're supposed to be drinking at this point. Every time. No, I finished my beer. I watch like every episode of it. Every time he's (laughs) describing of it. Every time he's describing anything, it's like he's bouncing an imaginary basketball. Well, don't worry, because I have a way to bring this back to bag and board relevant. I feel like that show was just. An attempt to cash in on the National Treasure movie starring Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. I think, John, go! I think so, too. That's a bunch of fucking bullshit! Mm-hmm. No, it didn't even have Nick Cage in it. I it was know. like the book of secrets, except there were only lies. Oh. It's impressing. It's book of lies. It's impressing because I, that, he wrote that guy, seriously, uh, the Justice League series that he wrote was mm-hmm. awesome. I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about Nick Cage. Still. Oh, no. No, fact, I brought it back to Brad Meltzer again I'm because sorry. I was a jerk. But keep keep drinking, Paul. Because fun fact I learned about Nick Cage recently is he was actually up for the role of Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. I would have liked that so much no. more. 
in um I don't know if it was like the in the original or in the more recent one. Probably not the more recent one since that was a no, no, I think it would have worked it, much no, more. It would have, it would have had to have been the more recent one. I would hope so, because that's way know. too long. That was before he was even Gene remotely yeah. famous. Okay, but turned it down due to family commitments. Paul, keep drinking. Don't look stuff up. This doesn't matter. This is side talk to fill space. Yeah, we so can't go finish. back to pausing because we just came out of a pause either. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he passed on the role because of family commitments. Oh, and is that I, when he was married to what's her face? I don't know, but this is this is a guy that gets a lot of shit for just being in crappy movies, but it's still somewhat choosy. And Paul's still like I'm still I thought you had a mouthful and you were like Okay, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory too far uh, two thousand five. Willy Wonka and the Ch- Chocolate Factory was nineteen seventy one. Okay. When so was yeah, it had to be the more recent one. What was it? Honeymooners? Was Nick Cage's first movie? I'm sorry, I just heard you say Honey, and I was like, oh, he was supposed to be in the Jessica Alba movie, too? <laughs> no, that's The Honeymooners. What was it? What was the Nick Cage movie? Are you thinking Moonstruck? Because that wasn't his first movie. What was his first movie, then? Paul, None of this want... matters, because now the beer is Paul, poured. do you want more than this? 1987. So, No. Okay, so yeah, it would have had to be more recently because he would have been. This is the last. This is the last train to Clarksville, Paul. Take that sip if you want more. Dead air. Sorry, John just made a. I'm just. John made a Beatles reference. That's. That's a monkey's reference. Oh my god! I always get them confused. You're welcome, podcast. But it's not. It doesn't have that IPA ness okay, to it. This one has a lot more of that sweetness mm-hmm. and that kind of citrus up front. Yeah. I feel the um oh what was the other one called? Fleur de Belgique was a little bit more weedy on the back end. This one is just sweeter, a little bit more hoppy. Mm-hmm. Uh I have to say right now, on our Facebook uh listener is now turning around in the Wegmans parking lot to go back and pick up this box of really? beer. Really? A friend of the show, Ben. Yes. He, I I put up the <laughs> picture saying, like, hey, here's what we're talking about. And then friend of the show, Ben, you've heard him before on episode. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Uh, it was when The Dark Knight came out. Yeah. Dark Knight <laughs> Rises came wow. out. Um, Made mention about... I can't remember what he said he, he loves a lot has happened in the past like twenty minutes. He loves Anne Hathaway in uh, the oh, Catwoman. Okay, suit. he said the teasers are great. Yet yeah, it kills me. So I said like, oh, you only have to wait a day for this episode. Yet you need to get this. And then he says, hey, I'm there mm-hmm. getting it. <laughs> I'm in the Wegmans, the uh, grocery store parking lot right now. I don't know why I censored myself from saying Wegmans. Okay. <laughs> Wegmans parking lot. Yeah, right it's now. on our Facebook <laughs> yeah. page. Yeah, and we've uh, mentioned it before. So, yeah. I don't know. I I kind of like this one a little bit more than the floor. Just, it has more of what I look for in that IPA. Um, taste I'm, I'm sorry, taste it, Paul, because I like a little bit more. Here's the thing. Think back four years ago, I was an IPA mm-hmm. guy. What really got me was that just floral, citrus, sweet. Mm. I'll say this. The initial sip of the floor... Is better. Oh, so much better. But here's the thing: the lingering on the tongue from this is way better. This is a light. It's no, spring. because the linger it's, on the floor. This tastes like spring. Paul. This is a spring. The floor. 
citrus. It's all rind. Yeah, but it's, it's all like that flavor. That nice rind it's bite. all it's all that flavor burst right at once. There's nothing really left in your tongue. This what? This dances. I can't believe this, this dances with rose petals <laughs> on your tongue. Like right now, I haven't taken a sip in a while, and I'm like, oh my gosh, spring flowers. No, we're going are just. Raining down in my mouth. Two episodes in a row now. We're gonna have a yelling contest at each other. So loud too. I was watching it <laughs> because, dude, so much citrus. Just that citrus hoppiness on the back end of the floor was amazing. And the first sip, sweet and like a tea, and then the boom, the Belgian like yeast comes and like says, "Oh hey, spicy awesomeness." This is like, hey guys, I'm here. And- <laughs> Oh hey! No. Oh yeah! No, I'm beer. I'm I'm here. I'm I'm totally. Uh, oh. I I would take this beer. over ground break. I would take this over ground break. I'll take this over ground break. I'm not putting it over no, floor. Paul, this has more of what I like. No, I. But it's, it's still good. Really good. It's really good. Paul, I'll I'll ask you ask me which do I prefer? Which do you prefer? I prefer the floor. Then why did you say that the floor didn't have a good? I did aftertaste. not. I did not say didn't have a good aftertaste. I said all the flavor is right on that initial sip, right over your tongue. You get everything. This lingers on your tongue, and you get more of that taste after you've sipped it. What beer is this again? Did we actually say this is the Hop Bloom? Hop Bloom from the Ithaca Beer Company's. It's a nice sweet flavor up front, and that's I really and, like that. Yeah, it's this an enjoyable was, IPA. It, when you mention. When you mention ground break, it does really remind me of the ground break because this is what I. If you told me this was ground break, I'm like, oh, this is a really good bottle. I must it's have like, been oh, buying they, the they stuff. change it. Okay, <laughs> it's a little, it's a hoppier version of the ground break. Just now that I'm Very seeing fairly. it, I gave the Fleur a four. When we drank this the other night, I gave the Hop Bloom four point five. It's not. I put this just slightly above, but it's they're still both great beers. Uh, I think I gave them both 3.5s. What? And I'd actually give the Fleur de Bel... Belcu? What is it? Belgique? Belgique? Uh, I'm just going to call it the Fleur. Not Belgian. Uh, I Belgique. would actually, if I, whenever I have it again, I would up it to a 4. Mm-hmm. They're both Maybe great. a 4.5, because I really it's did really like good. that. Oh, if you're man. a fan of IPAs, they both have a lot to offer, yeah, I think. Yeah, these are really good, and, it, you know, I can't honestly be mad at anybody for liking one more than the other. <laughs> and but, if, yeah. I, if I have to say, if you're going to drink them, drink the hot bloom first, and then the yeah. floor. Floor is much more potent, I think, especially I th- on the back end. Like, I think I might be missing a little something here, because I feel, I still feel that citrus frying on the back it, of my it, it was a big like when i took a sip of this and i really enjoyed this the other day when i had it when i took a sip of this i was like well this isn't as big as i thought it was and i think it was because of the floor having that floor before it's it. possible and we also had this i don't remember what time it was at because it was a little bit late uh it was like almost midnight yeah and it was just like i bought this we split like two bottles between the three of us before let's just have one yeah but I, th- I think it was that we both had that long day. Yeah. But they're both <laughs> great IPAs. Sorry, Paul, we didn't call you over to have that beer with no, us. No. Like, like when it was 11 o'clock and we watched Rumble in the Bronx. I was already asleep. Like, I went to bed last night at like 10. Because so much yard work. Nobody cares. Nobody I, don't, I don't even know why you're bringing that up. But saying. you know what we care about? Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Beer. 
Which we've already talked about because it's time for the main topic. What is it, Chris? This is this is is this the first time we actually get to say this? Uh, is it? Um, I'm, this Chris, is, I'm no. I've ha- I've come up with stuff. Before. No, we've Chris okay. has had lots of babies. But did we refer? We're to almost five I years. I I don't think we've ever referred to it ever as. Well, Chris. Well, this because is it's always baby. a Chris baby <laughs> or John baby. Paul baby. Paul baby. It's usually Paul baby. No, we've we've had to have said it before, but this is the first time that it's a it's officially. <laughs> Something that you you bring up this topic anytime he he talks about it he has this giant smile on his face and a tightening in his pants Uh-oh. Uh-oh. and tight bubbles tight bubbles indulgence bring it all back um time for the main topic and when I wrote my notes because I keep a little just scribble pad of stuff that's like oh we could talk about this this one was written down as Disney owns your childhood. And we talked about this a little bit before because Disney now owns the Marvel superheroes, the Muppets, and Star Wars. Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. Part of the Lucasfilm family. So, yes, also owned by Disney. Well, that was up in the air for a while, and then they decided, yes, they now own. Lucasfilm was like, like, wait, wait, we can get money. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But what really brought this on is back at the end of April... Disney announced that Imagineer Scott Trowbridge was going to be heading up a Star Wars studio that would be handling Star Wars in the theme parks, which has led to speculation that there's going to be a Star Wars theme park or they're going to be revitalizing Star Wars in the already existing theme parks, such as Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, All in all, this is great news whether it's for something that they're already having in existence and they're building upon or starting fresh. Because if you don't know who Scott Trowbridge is, you might know stuff that he's worked on. Because he before he was at Disney Imagineering, he worked at Universal Studios and was responsible for helping to develop the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, including the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride. The Spider-Man oh, ride at Universal ride. Studios. Which is an awesome ride. And then this is stuff that we didn't do because we didn't actually go to Universal Studios, Paul. We just went mm-hmm. to Islands of Adventure. Mm-hmm. He did the Simpsons ride at Universal Studios, which then spawned a whole Simpsons like portion of that park. And then he did the Mummy Returns ride, which John... Which is an awesome roller coaster that I went on to like five or seven times because there was nothing else as good as it at Universal Studios. <laughs> Similarly, because yeah. I sat in a pile of vomit <laughs> in the uh, Adventures of Harry... What What is it called? The, the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. And the Forbidden Journey. And then said, you know what? It's worth the risk. Let's go back <laughs> after getting cleaned up. How so many like, times did we go on it? Do you remember? At least four. Okay. Three I, or four I times. I couldn't remember when I was talking And I would go back on it. I think I said like five final, but... Like yeah yeah, it got to the point where Paul and I knew the script for it. So when it, like Hermione's like says like observer direct observatory, <laughs> but a lot of fun. Snorted and I apologize. Don't, never apologize. <laughs> that for means snorting. it really was a good laugh. But even the Spider Man ride was probably the best part of that Marvel superheroes oh, part. That was yeah, that definitely is because it's the thing that has the most involvement. Not only when you're in line and you're going through the Daily Bugle, but 
it was insane how you're just moving down a track and how you actually feel like you're being dropped off of a building or how you're being mm-hmm. caught by the web and everything else that happens in that. It's ama- it, it really is amazing. Mm-hmm. So the man in charge of that has been handed Star Wars. Disney Imagineering is its own complete section of the park. They think of, build, design, put into creation everything you see at the parks. Pixar has their own section that's like, no, this is going to be a Pixar attraction. Like, Paul, you and I went on the Midway Mania at Hollywood Studios. Oh, great. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now we have Star Wars having its own completely autonomous (laughs) section. And also, they're still building Avatar World in the Animal Kingdom part, where they're just, I I believe what they're doing is spray painting Tigers Blue. I believe that's what they're doing. Which, that that could still be cool. And then putting. It was still I've never seen money. Avatar. Neither have I. I, I haven't have a, either. I have a 3D TV. Should we do that <laughs> I thought, one night? I think so. I thought you would have gotten it for free since you have a TV. <laughs> yeah. I don't, like, I actually have really, I have no interest in, like, if you like, were yeah. like, hey, let's do it, I would do it because it gives us the time to hang out. The only interest to have in it is because Disney is going to have, like, Avatar, a Avatar <laughs> land section of Animal Kingdom now. Yeah. And he's supposed to be doing, like, two or yeah, three, movies, three movies, like, He's going to be doing, like, back-to-back, but that just sounds like a pain in the ass. I really hope it's really good, because it needs to be, otherwise he ruined the world. It's been built up. Avatar. Not only, it hasn't been built up, but you ask people... No, it's been... No, 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 here's it it has been built up, but here's the thing, is you ask people, well, was the story good? No, 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 it was just the visuals. Like, no, it's really... That's why I say... It's really cliched... It's but man, like, those those visuals, yeah. you have to see it in the big screen. Well, that's why I say I got a 3D TV. If we're gonna, if I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna have to rent it in 3D and then do it with the 3D glasses and everything going on. Otherwise, like, what's the point? And yes, Chris, I will pause it right now. Thank you. And, and here, here we are, are talking about Avatar. This is mine. <laughs> and here we are talking about Avatar again. And none of us had seen it. But Animal Kingdom is one of those parks at Disney that's been touted as it's a half-day park. You can go there, see everything, and then four hours later, you're done for the day. Expedition Mountain, the Ants show, and then what else is there? Like Hunt Down the... Cali River Rapids was really good. Yeah. And then track down the tree lady. Oh, the dinosaur ride was fun. Oh, dinosaur was right. And then you walk around the zoo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, which is still really good. Okay, so but there's something there. Avatar Land coming to Animal Kingdom makes sense because that park kind of needs something. Mm-hmm. Magic Kingdom just got the whole new Fantasia Land expen- okay. like, big thing. Epcot, it, it has its annual things that keep people coming back. Hollywood Studios has kind of been ignored. It hasn't had anything added to Test it. Test Track has and been like, down forever. It's back up. We didn't get to go on it, but th- I guess the new... Like, version of it's nothing to write the soldiers about. But Hollywood Studios has kind of been the same for Mm -hmm. the past five years. So all this stuff that they're talking about with Scott Trowbridge being in charge of Star Wars, coming to Hollywood Studios makes sense because that's the movie park, quote-unquote. They've got the Indiana Jones stunt show. 
Star Tours. Those are your two big Star Tours processors. Star Tours and Star Tours. Well, you need to and say in it. our case, Star Tours and Star Tours. Yeah, I was gonna say you need to say it a couple more times because you we won that ride. <laughs> but when people are talking about this, if they're not saying like, "Oh no, they're gonna make a Star Wars theme park," MGM, well, it used to be MGM Studios. <laughs> Disney Hollywood Studios is where this fits in. And everything that I've kind of come up with for our main topic fits into that. Mm. Because we took it upon ourselves, and by that I mean I started game planning this as soon as I heard the news. <clears throat> Disney has all these properties that they now own because they're just throwing money around like we do on beer. Mm-hmm. Disney now owns Star Wars the Muppets, and Marvel Comics. These all need an increased presence at the Disney parks. Walt Disney World, Disneyland, <laughs> Disneyland Paris, Tokyo, Hong Kong, whatever. Shanghai. Uh, which is... <laughs> it's got to throw that Shanghai on there. Shanghai is being built. Yeah. it's Well, it was on the latest earning call, John. That's um, why I'm bringing it up, because, you know, I pay attention to... <laughs> Uh, I think it's just because you have to have the last no, word. Disneyland <laughs> Shanghai will not have Tomorrowland. Instead, it's going to be like a Marvel portion of the park. $800 million being invested in it. And also a new roller coaster coming to uh, the Disney World in Orlando. <laughs> Mentioned in the earnings call, John, did you not listen to the earnings <laughs> call for Disney? This is all very interesting to me because I'm a Disney fan. Paul likes money and investments and accounting. Uh, we, we learned that when you gave him Monopoly today, and he's like, oh, you guys didn't like just being the banker? That is my favorite part of the game. But I like, give you $100. To, to round about, like, the whole thing with Scott Trowbridge. A bank error in your favor, that would never happen. I rip up that card, sir, and throw it out. This got my nerd brain, like, pumping over. It's like, okay, if I was an Imagineer, in charge of any of these properties at Disney World, what would I want to see in the park? Like, I, if I was walking through the park with my friends and family, it'd be like, yeah, that, that was me. Which is why I brought this to the table. And one, one second though. Disney is a bellwether investment though. It's like, if Disney's doing well, then the overall like, United States economy is doing well. It's like one of the ones that economists look at to be like, Okay, uh, everything else is kind of mixed news right now. Let's look at what Disney is projecting. Complete oh, good? And we're good. Complete sidebar to the sidebar. I'm, I'm a long-time Disney fan. I've often thought about just buying a share of Disney stock to say, like, hey, I own a share of Disney stock. Oh, you know what you should have done? Bought a share of Marvel stock back when yeah, I was I know. in college. <laughs> uh much like my one, my investment in banking paper suggested, because I actually was suggested, I had a whole eight-page paper defending buying Marvel stock at that time because of it was before the first Iron Man movie came out, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, these movies might do really well. It has a lot of intellectual property. This is one of the things that people are going to really invest in because of the you know how." And then you didn't follow your own advice. No, I nope. did not. And you didn't tell your friends. Nope. <laughs> I wrote the paper. You guys could have proofread it. <laughs> you didn't offer it. You're I like, John barely speaks English. Chris, he's got his head in his clouds. Uh, why would I talk to these two idiots? But the thing is, I don't have the $82 <clears throat> necessary to buy that one share. 
for a Marvel share back in the day. Marvel. And then how much did he get? Fu- Side yep. not not, not yep. a real conversation. No, no, that's got, a real conversation. I know that's probably but, the most real conversation we've ever got, had. They got bought out over what they were yes. worth. Eighty-two dollars for one share of Disney stock right now. Mm-hmm. Like if the bells were to open, like start ringing, markets open. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy a share tomorrow morning, you're looking at eighty-two dollars. I I don't just have that money to be like, hey, send me that certificate that I can frame and say like, no. I, I own a share. And th- this is a topic that I more, and I told Chris this, I more want to hear what he has envisioned for this than really, like, I have ideas like, well, I'd like this, I'd like this, I'd like this, where I know, like, he's got a lot more planned for this. He has a vision for this because he, <clears throat> as much as we say, like, Chris is the Disney fan, you have no idea <laughs> How much of a Disney fan he is, and how much that it, is a it part. It does not get anywhere near it, as much airtime as it. It deserves. is. It is a part of his life. So doing this show, I kind of more want to be a listener and hear what he has to bring to the table, and then me go like, I'd like to the cantina where I could go in and get a drink. Spoilers, Chris. You're but, you're pointing back and forth to me or you, and it's like no. Chris, this is obviously your thing. This is all you. But here's, and here's the thing. This is one of those things where we bring it forward, and it's not like our, like, oh, I'm putting together this team, or the brackets, where we can be like, uh, Paul wins this one. Like, this is a thing where, like, this is completely, like, us saying, like, no, I want to see this, this, this. If for some reason, like, Disney was listening to this podcast, and they like these ideas, they could say, like, no, okay, like, all three of those dudes, we want them on board because this will fit into that part of the park. Like, this is all stuff They also that have I'm, enough lawyers that yeah. they, we lose. Like, we lose no matter what. But this is all stuff that, if we're saying, like, all our ideas could probably fit into one part of the park. And if someone just, like, walked in and be like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Which I thought was kind of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Nobody wins in this. Everyone wins. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris, with your first winning idea. The hey, most winning the of all ideas. Well, I, can't, I don't want to say the winningest. Because okay, I have, then your least winningest but, that still beats John and I's winningest ideas. But this all stemmed from Scott Trowbridge being brought in as the head of the Star Wars studio at Imagineering. <laughs> and so going into Star Wars, my first submission to the table... Hold on, I'm looking at my notes here. Is the Battle for Echo Base attraction. Okay. This would be a ride slash game, much akin to what you have over at Hollywood Studios already with Toy Story Midway Mania, mm-hmm. or at the Magic Kingdom with the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, mm-hmm. where it's both ride and game in one. Two people in one car go through the ride that's also a video game where you have one person being the pilot, one person being the gunner. You're follow- flying your own snow speeder, and your goal is I'm to sorry, the Battle of what, then? Echo Base. Uh, oh, okay. Echo battle Base, for okay. Echo Base. Okay. <laughs> and you're going through, you're trying to take <clears> out <throat> at walkers, and you're working together to try to get the best score out of everyone else that's piloting a snow speeder at that time. 
I had a similar idea, but it wasn't Echo Base. It wasn't on Hoth. It was the moon, stationary moon of Endor. And it was, you know, having the speeders where it would look like you were on your individual speeder, but uh, obviously it would be like maybe side by side or maybe three side by side. But it would be, and you would be traveling down the track and you're just whipping through things, much like Soren. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking of that kind of, you know, where it's the big screen in front of you and you just kind of feel like you're going through a huge spanse of land all, all of a sudden and having to shoot at the right time and, uh, dodge things, you know, on your speeder. Yeah. Cause that seemed really cool. And I, I think Star Tours does so much because there's so many different iterations mm-hmm. of that ride that you can have. We had them all that we've seen. Most of the Star Wars planets at this point. And I wanted something a little bit more interactive. Mm-hmm. That you feel like, no, I'm here. I'm not just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And I also, my backup one wasn't Endor, like, I'm on a speeder bike yeah. type ride. But I wanted something that's going to bring everyone together. Like, it's that teamwork aspect. Like, Paul, you and I... We're working together to try to take out more Ed at Walkers than the fucking family that's next to us. <laughs> that little kid doesn't know how to drive, and that, that kid other one oh, get on the guns. <laughs> Ready, harpoon. Uh, no, those, those both of those would be super fun rides, and I can envision doing those. I think the speeder bike one would be a lot more like. I've never like, had, out. I never had the experience and, and of riding the, IT. Uh, E.T. Nearby, yeah. Well, there's yeah, that. There's the like Days Days of Thunder ride where everybody goes in and you're in like a little two seater car, and your car moves mm-hmm. as you're watching the screen as if you're yeah. in like a car like that. So that would be fun. But if they could have individual screens for each of those stations, and then you are doing that, and then at the and end you're of making it, choices of like left, 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 yeah. left here, right here. And, oh, go, go, go. and then at the end of that, again, like you get like a score sheet and it says like, hey, car 32. And you're like, hey, we were car yeah. 32. Yeah. Because what they have right now with Space Ranger Spin and Midway Mania is very much competitive. Like mm-hmm. we went on both of those rides and at the end we're like, oh, I had this. I had this. And it's that shared experience. Like we both went through the ride. Here's what I came up with. I think – Hey, here's what together we came up with. I would love to be sitting in a car with either one of you or both of you to be like, I'm going to swoop back around. You're ready to shoot. Like, yeah. It, it's that video game immersion. It's almost that like they're kind of working towards now because yeah. right now they're working on just putting everything like, okay, you're waiting to get on the ride. Here's this game that you can play. To kill the time. You're talking about Mission Space. Mission Mars. Or what was it called? Mission Space, yeah. Mission Space, but made into a competitive kind of thing. Where you're X, you're Y, you do this, and if you do that flawlessly and the other person does that flawlessly, you can get the top score. Yeah. I want to be getting off this ride and looking at the people getting off next to us and be like, in your face! (laughs) Just the the one of the things that i would want is you're walking along this park you're about to go into the ride and then you get stopped by stormtroopers and they go 
let us see your tickets. And either you can show your tickets or you'd be like, you don't need to see our tickets. And then the guy responds, we don't need to see their tickets. We can move along. They can move along. Like, that would be one of those things that I would be like, that was the greatest interaction I ever had. Or they're just like, they stop you and, and they check your tickets and then you move along. But if you do it just right, they'll go along with it. And like, that was just one of those small things that is like, that's what would be the greatest thing that could ever happen to me as being a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Being stopped by stormtroopers. <laughs> and being like, <laughs> being harassed by the fuzz. Exactly. John's, John's that guy that just wants to be pulled over. He's driving down the street and sees a cop. He's like, he's looking in the rear view mirror like, is it me? Is it me? Am I riding how, how many How many times did you just want to be the Obi-Wan Kenobi? You're like, we can move along. Do you have Do you have a ride? Oh, did I need to do a ride? Or an attraction I, or a restaurant? I would have I would have wanted something to have like you get on a roller coaster that would be like flying either in like a tie the flying thing. in a tie fighter or that, but it's doing the loop to loops, it's going around in a roller coaster, but it mm-hmm. gives a simulation of being in one of those spaceships and one of those space battles. If I was going to do the thing is I was thinking about doing the uh the trench run, but you mm-hmm. kind of do that in the you know, Star, yeah, Tours. Star Tours. And the thing, you know, I, I, you know, I want to take your Battle of Hoth, so, you know, Battle for uh, Echo Base. Battle for Echo Base. Yeah. And kind of like do the I trench think that run. would look great on a t-shirt. Yeah. But <laughs> the Sam trench Lee run, right? right? The trench run is like more... It's iconic. More iconic, I think. Empire is a great movie. I know. And it's one of those things that... And Endor, the thing why I thought of Endor is because they have the speeder bikes front of the star tours right now mm-hmm. and i'm like well that would be a great ride like because it's zipping through <laughs> zipping through the trees but like even like a around. roller coaster like going yeah. through those trees and going and up to, and but you're trying to shoot down like the person in front of you like almost a la you know uh what is it uh this mario kart mario kart mario. <laughs> what is it you know the mario kart you well, know mario kart <laughs> like doing are you like my that. father <laughs> Who's that guy? You know the guy from the movie. <laughs> the the movie we watched the one time. Uh well like in uh the mummy movie, it's like a black it's you're on the you're on a roller coaster that's indoors, it's all black, but then like things pop up, fires bursting out, and like it stops, it makes you think that you're gonna get off the ride, and the attendant that's about there all of a sudden gets knocked over and there's a mummy there. Like but to do something in that black, and it's like almost like you're following another ship, and then you hit them, and then it says like, "Oh, you're gonna get shot at," and you see like laser blasts moving past you, chasing and, down Slave One with Han and Carbonite. That was another idea I had. I, I, is that the, is that what you were thinking of? Just some kind of battle yeah. scene, like a roller coaster that you're moving up and down. You're trying to track another ship. Paula, right there. If I didn't do the Echo for Battle Base, my other idea was a roller coaster ride where you're a mercenary along with Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Baby Feets. Baby Feets. Huh? Where? 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 Where would you be with alongside Boba Fett? Well, it would be after you leave, like Bespin. Okay. But did you guys? I'm sorry. Did you read the message that I had put up? Which which message? On the Facebook when we were talking <laughs> no. about the episode? Because I wanted to see a ride show and restaurant. 
Oh, no. All yeah. three for all Star three. Wars? All three. Okay. I thought okay. we were doing like one of each. No. Like, oh, what ride? Yeah. One of each for each one. Oh. Okay. That's you, Chris. Uh, no. no, this is something I love. Last message, the message I got was Paul saying, Channel 2 West Ham on right now at 1014. That's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm Those sorry. are my... Chris, I'm no, also... That's just me and so Paul. Because I've been just talking to Paul because we keep you out... Of, I keep you out of the conversation so you aren't constantly getting these okay. messages. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chris. I so did not get that message that, at all. For the show, show me your phone where it, this message exists. Pause. Well, John, I showed you the message... You just didn't get that one because that was between Paul and I. And yeah. For that, I apologize. So I will give my next item while you guys consider yours because the idea was for Star Wars, Muppets, and Marvel, we come up with a show, ride, and restaurant for each. So while you guys are thinking about what you want to do, I'm going to go take a snack break because I'm going to go into my restaurant next. And this is the best spin. <laughs> okay. Best spin. Best spin. Cloud City. Gotta keep up with me here, guys. This is the restaurant. Cotton candy? What? Cotton candy? No. No cotton candy. Instead <laughs> here. <laughs> cotton candy, you dumbass. Cloud City. It's Cloud City. Uh, but here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Such a stupid idea now that you actually like, think for a second, John. I still think it's stupid. But this is where I went crazy with the puns. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like... No, no, this is a point where I was like, oh my god, Star Wars lends itself to so many puns. Okay. It's, it's not going to start off really strong, but you'll see where I'm going. Because Go the ahead. first thing I thought is, okay, I'm in Florida, I'm walking around, I'm I'm thirsty, I need something cool Hot and refreshing. And I, I need something to cool down, so I'm going to stop and get some Aunt Brew's milk, which is going to be a blue raspberry adult, parenthesis, alcoholic milkshake. Because why not? Because it's blue milk. It's blue milk. I want blue raspberry alcoholic milkshake. We can make this happen. Next bag and board bite. Writing the sound. <laughs> okay. We'll um, each kind of try to figure out our own recipe for blue alcoholic milk. There's got to be like raspberry vodka out there somewhere that can be uh, thrown in. I think we all bring one to the table. Yeah. And we'll we just got to decide the best. And to go along with that, we'll have Uncle Owen's blackened chicken. They got burned. <laughs> I they got were, it. I, they no, were I got I got it. And to go with that, we'll have sarlacc bread with Lando Lakes garlic butter. <laughs> oh. Lando Calrissian. Yes. Lando Lakes. <laughs> They're quick, guys. They're quick. <laughs> I got the Lando Lakes. That was okay. And but. while you're feeling that Italian mood with your sarlacc bread, why not get some boba fettuccine Alfredo? <laughs> And to follow it up for dessert, some flan solo. <laughs> and then for a side dish, why not get Leia's organic salad? <laughs> organic? Yes. Organa? Yeah. I'm out. I'm sorry. That was a lot faster than I thought, but I thought they were all great. Well, flan solo! <laughs> Are you matter. my grandfather with these jokes? It doesn't matter if you're with a bunch of people or solo. It's always a party with the flan. <laughs> so for my snack or Thank uh, you for getting into restaurant, it. I'm going to go Cloud City. Uh, clan, uh, the cotton candy because the that candy. just makes sense. There you sense. go. See, 
Cloud Great City pick. making Vesper, you know, making you know, uh, grabbing those clouds and doing whatever the hell they do with them. Just mining them for some reason. <laughs> for some reason. And making cotton candy. Yeah, go ahead. What? Nose? I was, seeing, I was seeing if Paul farted again because <laughs> I smell something. Uh, what I would like to go, I would love to walk into the cantina. I'd yes, love to have... Okay. Really? Yeah, no. You can get your arm chopped off at any second. No, Shut up. Here's the thing. I didn't write that down because I was... When I originally pitched this, I thought we were all on the same page, and I'm sorry. But I thought the cantina was such like a, everyone's going to say this. But I'm glad that I am. Yes. Mr. Cotton Candy over here can suck a dick. <laughs> uh, I want to walk into the cantina. I want the music to be playing. I want to have droids standing in the doorway where you can't, they can't get in. Nope. And I want to go up. That kind. I want to go up to the to the bar to order a drink, and then I want what it looks like somebody to being being hassled, and then somebody just throw. You just see a lightsaber, and you see like a hand on the ground, and you hear somebody scream, and then all of a sudden, like it gets swept up or it gets taken care of, and then thirty minutes later, the same thing kind of happens again. Mm-hmm. Like that's what should happen in that place, and at the time, the music should stop. And then should start and up again. Going. And you should be able to get crazy drinks that are Star Wars punned. I don't have any because I wasn't privy to the uh, to the text message about this. But this is one of those things that when the idea was brought to the table, I was like, I I want to walk into the cantina. I might not be one who want to walk through that desert, horrible looking city and or town, but I definitely want to walk into the cantina. And it would be that. I have to stop here. I think the cantina is a no-brainer. If you are building a Star Wars theme park or section of a theme park, people want to go to the Mos Eisley Cantina. Have, like, an animatronic band up there playing the theme song nonstop. So the poor kid that's working at that (laughs) bar just hates his life. But also, if I had gone that route, I also would have had um, Tuscan Fingers, with our chicken fingers in a dry rub <laughs> and Jawa Champas, which would be some sort of snack, which would not be served at Admiral Snack Bar. <laughs> oh. Which would just be like a kiosk in the middle. Like, for whatever reason. Which would have I like think... Mon Calamari. Like, oh, calamari. Like, like Mon Fried Calamari, because he's a Mon Calamari. Like, yeah. I, I, I didn't for pursue whatever that reason, route. <laughs> barbecue ribs are what I think of when I think of the Wha- cantina. I, um, I, I was thinking like bantha ribs or like mm-hmm. some like sort of like wampa dish. Like I was thinking like a tauntaun dog where it was like it smells better on the outside. Like it, a lot of onions and garlic on it. <laughs> um, Jawa Chapas would just be like some sort of like dry snack food you would probably eat. I didn't think about it too much. The name came to me. Like before. nachos or something? Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, that is definitely. Like when I thought about this, I was like, "Well, you you got you have to have a cantina. You it have to walk to in there, and it has to have it has to look exactly the same, mm-hmm. and it has to have the same feel, and you have to have some dude getting his hand sliced off with a lightsaber every thirty minutes. Otherwise, every thirty, what? Minutes, every 30 minutes, you have to think that every thirty minutes somebody is leaving and somebody is coming into that place, and when, even if you see it that, twice, you're still going." Oh shit! I got to see so it better. You can't better. be serving alcoholic beverages there because if you're serving yeah. alcoholic beverages, you assume that somebody's going to be there for at least an hour. But he, and he, but here's the thing though, Paul. You and I, when we were mm-hmm. there, like 
we went only to the quick service places, yeah. which I imagine that would be. Yeah. We we went in, we got our food, sat down, ate, relaxed, and be like, okay, uh, let's maybe do this next. Yeah, it's where you plan out where you're going to go. I, I don't plan on being there. In Tomorrowland, there's that one guy that plays the piano uh, and does Cosmic songs. Ray's Charlie Cafe. Yeah. yeah. So it's <laughs> something like that. That's what I love about, like, Chris knows. Yeah. Exactly. This no. is my baby. <laughs> and I would imagine something, so it would last a little bit longer than a half hour. Yeah. Uh, you know, but if whole... you're only there for half an hour or 15, 20 minutes while you're eating, you can still get the gist of it. Like, you can walk in there, sit down, eat, and be like, we went here. Here's our experience. Here but, comes but here's, the stormtroopers hassling us. But here's the here's the other thing: is that half hour time is I didn't quite get it the first time because it happened and somebody said, "Oh, did you see that?" And I was like, "No, I was taking a bite of my burger or I was looking at my friend." Mm-hmm. That half hour time is you get to see it, mm-hmm. and if it's like, "Oh, it only happens at three o'clock," like that place would be mobbed at three o'clock. Yeah. Right. You know, but if it happens every three hour or every half hour, that person could be like, uh, "Just thought we can leave our table. Somebody else can come in." Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's an it's a reasonable time frame to do it. Um, and the next thing I had was a show, which I think Star Wars definitely lends itself to a stunt show, much like you have already with the Indiana Jones stunt show, mm-hmm. which has been going on. For years and years and years and years and years. And as great as it is, I think it's definitely a little bit long in the tooth. So I propose a Legends of the Jedi stunt show where you can have different characters coming in, doing just some kick-ass, like, sword duels, fighting, awesomeness that can still show, like, hey, here's how we make the movies and involve the stunts in the show. You don't think the Jedi, like, the kids doing the Jedi training is enough? I think that's fun. I think it's fun and good. No? No, I I think it's good. But that's much more for that kid that's sitting on that stage Mm -hmm. for that two minutes fighting Darth Vader. Like, the Indiana Jones stunt show is just so great. It's okay, Paul. Because... Think about how many people are sitting in that stadium yeah. watching that show, and how many of them is that the first and only time that they're going to be seeing that show, not knowing what they're getting into, <laughs> much like this episode. <laughs> like, uh, you know, because I I have to say is when I was probably in sixth or seventh grade. I went to the Indiana Jones show. It's exactly the same. I was going to say, it's probably the exact same show if you guys went last year. Two years ago. Well, last year or two years ago? Last, it was last I, it's year. It's 2014 now, so I guess it would be two, two years. years ago. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I would... October, so we're five months yeah. away versus... I would consider last year, but it's yeah. by the calendar. If you want to be super technical, like Paul would be. Uh... <laughs> Then yes, but it, I mean it's probably the exact same show, where yeah, something that changes up. It's a different Jedi. It's a this. It would be something that you'd go, oh, a Mace Windu is going to be there. Let's go see him. Mace Windu. He has a purple lightsaber and he does some different tricks or he does some different things. And with technology now, is you could have him there 
with a, like almost a screen behind him, and he could be doing a move and it make it look like he's throwing a block and hitting a soldier or doing yeah. this or that. So you could do you could really do almost anything. And I think with how much we have available from the Star Wars movies that have already come out, not even including what might happen down the road, you could have a different show based off of each movie almost. Like you could have a show that's about Luke versus Vader. You could have a show that's like um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul. A Yoda versus, versus Pal- Palpatine. Like, you can have a different show every hour and a half, four hour during the day. So if I'm there one day, hey, I saw like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul. And if you went to the next one, you would have a completely different show. Or you could even have Yoda training Luke. Yeah. Show. And... If you tell me about that one, I'm going to be thinking, like, oh, my God, I need to go back and see that version of it. Exactly. It would be something that you definitely would go back again and again at the different times to see to see it. And here's the thing is, if they can have it look like you're running through a brick wall to get to the Hogwarts Express, they could have a green screen or something behind those people that's projecting so it looks like he's raising an x-wing out of you know yoda's raising an x-wing out of a swamp and what kept paul and i going back to the star tours right is the fact that there was different stuff to see and we wanted to see all of it and we did we did and to see an actual live stunt show kind of doing the same thing would be great because i've seen the indiana jones stunt show twice now it's been the same show each time, but it's still good. I would go back again. And here's the thing is, you saw it twice when you're more of an adult. I saw it once when I was a maybe teenager. Now to see it again as an adult, I'd have a, another grasp on it. And if you had, if you knew now that you would have different iterations of that throughout the day or over multiple days, even if you were staying for like a week at Disney World, like if this was want to see it, if this was going on, I would devote one day just to watch all of those, and then another day to see the rest of the park. So, John, for your show, you would say it's like the actual atmosphere of being in that portion of the park. Being in that park, to me, like getting stopped by the stormtroopers, like that really would be. Like a highlight of my day that these guys are walking around, that they would stop you. Like that would kind of be my show, that that internal thing of being either the rebellion soldiers walking through, the stormtroopers, something happening like that. Even a fucking Ewok walking by me and, and being like, hey, high five and giving him a high five and then him taking a cookie by from default, me. a low five. A low five. And then me giving him, like, a cookie that I got out of a vending machine that, here, you feed this to Ewoks. My other idea for Star Wars Restaurant would have been an Ewok, like, almost luau-style show after the destruction of the Death Star. That'd be fun. I I love them drumming on the helmet. Yes! Because when you think about it, it's fucking dark as shit. (laughs) (laughs) They killed those dudes. Yeah. They basically scalped them. Yeah. Well, they just picked up their helmets. Yeah. Well, like might. a little brain matter isn't splashed they in They did murder them. those dudes with 
trees. But if you couldn't be drinking a Aunt Brew's Bill, Bill, Blue Milk milkshake at that show, what would you be going for? Uh, maybe a beer from Ithaca? Hey. Getting back on track. Cause up next we have our final beer from the box of brews is the Laissez Faire, which is a Belgian style triple ale. Hmm. Paul, this is your first time having this one, so thoughts? It's nice and light. It's very drinkable. It's, uh, much like Laissez Faire, uh, an economy where you just- Oh god, we should have thrown over to Paul <laughs> the Economist! Where you, you just keep your hands off. Uh, it's like, don't get involved. Um, it means hands off. <laughs> it does. It, it, it does. It does. I know it in like does. fourth grade. I know it does, but he said it like twice. It's 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 there. It's good. Um, I I put it power rankings better than the stout, but out of the last three that we had, it's the bottom of those the last three. It's. I, it's after those three, but the stout was above it for me. This would probably be my fourth favorite. It's, the stout was a really good stout, but it was yeah. just a really good stout. It wasn't a... I don't know what made it Belgian. I would put a really good stout over a triple, though. Yeah. So that could be where it's falling in my okay. power rankings. But I would say this, the stout, the fleur, and then the hoplum. Uh, I played the, the fleur, hoplum... Let me take one more sip of this beer. It's nice. It has a, a, a sweetness it's, to it, as teen quality to it. It, it tastes it, it tastes like any other triple. It's yeah. really hard hard to have a triple that really stands out. So the stout would go over this, but the fact that this is a ten percent beer, yeah, ooh, and it goes down, <laughs> it goes down so smooth, and you don't get any bit of that you're drinking a big boy. Nope. I mean, that gives us, this gives us a little bit of a plus to it. That you're getting that Belgian taste, you're enjoying it, and you could just have this one beer and be set for the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John and I had, we did the laissez faire and then the hop loom, I think the other night when I opened up the bottles. Yeah. And I was sitting there playing video games and then John came into my room and was like, uh, so those beers we had were like, Ten percent and eight percent. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I'm sitting there and I'm playing a video game and I just finished the hot bloom and I'm like, man, I feel a little buzzed. And then I looked and then I checked into the beers and I was like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> at no point would I have thought that they were over five or six percent. This one is a little warm. But I don't know if I would put it at 10. It doesn't give me dragon breath, but it's definitely a warm feeling on the tongue. Yeah, this is probably one of the ones we probably should have had a little cooler. But, yeah. I mean, we pulled the box out of the fridge. We brought it out. It's, it's just been sitting in the room with us. hours later. And we've been we've been dicking around a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it is, uh, it is a good beer. Every beer in this box is good and drinkable. Yeah. I think though I actually think all right if I'm going to do it the floor the hot bloom this then the stout. I agree with John. Okay. Because I I have to say is that stout was good but I don't feel like I need to drink it again. With this I I wouldn't mind drinking it again. If it was in the box and I'm sitting out in the deck 
the stout would be the last thing that I would pull out because I will gladly take your stout. No, no, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I, I don't want to drink no, the no, stout. I know, I know, but like if there was only the, like those two beers left, I'd be more than okay. I wouldn't feel stuck with the stout. I wouldn't feel stuck mm. with it either. But it just feels like the the, the those top those three before the stout are those deck beers mm-hmm. that you're sitting out during the day, and then once it gets a little cooler out. And that stout's warmed up a bit. I think that's your nighttime stout. Yeah. At that point, the stout would be gone. So you'd be you'd be drinking the <laughs> you'd triple. Be if, um, if I was, there. I, so, I have to say this for for twenty two dollars. It's a great variety. It is it is excuse me, definitely something that it is it is worth the money. Every single beer in here is drinkable. It is worth it. Are we are we continuing on because we're at an hour forty five? Oh yeah. Okay. Let's we're go. Going. Where are we going Let's next? Go. All right, well, what, we're a comic book property? podcast. Okay. So I say we go to Marvel next. Okay. And this would be the ride to go on in the Marvel section of the park. Right now, due to the contract like yeah. lines, you can't have Marvel superheroes in a Disney park this close to Universal Studios in Florida. But if you could, the ride you'd be getting on would be the Quinjet Coaster. Which is a race against time as you put Stark Industries' newest jump jet technology through its first test flight and up against Ultron's android army. Mm. I just seen this being the coaster to go on at the Hollywood Studios. And of course, Avengers themed, leading into the Age of Ultron ride. Now, uh, Chris, you remember the awesome ride that's in Epcot? That's the Spaceship Norway ride. Earth. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna say Spaceship Earth. No, because you like things that are slow. Yes. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great, was great laugh. Sound. <laughs> that laugh was fantastic. That was Smaug waking up right there. I really hope the microphone picked that up because that was me snorting into my glass of beer. <laughs> You remember the Norway ride, right? I do, the Maelstrom. Yeah, the Maelstrom. The slow ride. <laughs> the slow ride. It's very slow. I want that. But when- The high point of that ride is when your boat that's going like two miles an hour starts going backwards down the river. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. <laughs> but exploring the seven realms. How many realms? Five realms of Asgard? Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, I think seven or nine. I think isn't it five? Five. The five realms. It's a Midgard, prime number. I think Nephilim, we're agreed on that. Asgard. The ice one. Nephilim. 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 Oh. Where cloud was I'm, from. I'm not a Thor fan, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a prime number. I know that much. Five, seven, or nine. One of those three. But doing that kind of like ride, just where you're explaining all the mythos of that kind of. North mythology, I think, would be really fun in that, you know, Disney way. That could be cool, actually. Now, I gave you shit at first because you're Paul. <laughs> but now that I think I was like, you know what? no, no, right no, there. no, don't wizard it. Oh, you're disgusting. I'm, I'm coming over to your side of the table. Don't fart on it. Did, did you um, break because... your chair? <laughs> Paul, I think that could be good because this could be adding depth to that mythos where I'm seeing the like the other realms. Yeah. That 
hey, I know about this now, not from the comic mm-hmm. books because I've never read Thor, but because of this ride. It's the boring cool ride. It's the boring cool ride. And that's Paul's victory that he shat all over. Uh, my ride would would be an actual Iron Man ride where you're swooping, you're 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 doing tumbles, you're doing barrel rolls, you're doing all that as if. You're Iron Man, and they can make that work. They can have shit popping up at you, things shooting at you, you doing that. Make it feel like you might have gotten hit by something. Mm-hmm. And just an awesome roller coaster. I mean, if you're quote-unquote Iron Man going through flying and in a battle, you're going to be doing anything and everything that's possible. Yeah. And I think... That would give you an awesome roller coaster with loop-to-loops, barrel rolls, just craziness that I love in a roller coaster. Even if it's just like shooting almost straight up and then dropping and dive-bobbing straight down. Like, those are the things that I love. Like, I, if it makes my stomach and my throat, that's a good roller coaster. And that's the thing I love about Disney Imagineering is everything you're doing tells a story. Whether it's a ride a show, or even just walking into a gift shop, there's a story to it. You might not be aware of what that story actually is, but once you walk into that room and you just take a look around, you know it's more than just the gift shop mm-hmm. at the end of a ride or at the end of a, like a street. And I think the Quinjet thing could be great because it would start off as like, you would have Paul Bettany as Jarvis being like, hey, we're doing... like." Mm-hmm. Welcome to the test run of the first Stark Industries Quinjet for the Avengers Initiative. Countdown started. And then as you're going through, like, just testing it out. Ultron takes over the like, AI. Ultron, like, take, like, even just, like, the androids on the side, mm-hmm. like, and that's when you have to go into evasive maneuvers, and that, evasive maneuvers, and that's when you start going into the corkscrews, mm-hmm. and, like, and so. then you have, like, Iron Man, like, fly up, and Tony being like, What if our two rides were next to each other? <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, my like, God. Like, the Pirates of the Caribbean and the restaurant that's right next to it? Yeah. And, or, and then, while you're doing those roller coasters, you stop and be like, hey, Look at those guys in that ferry. They're going so slow. <laughs> and then you're like, Hey, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm by the Rainbow Bridge. I'm sorry, Paul. Okay? Paul, okay, I'm traveling you, the you've Rainbow gone Bridge. on your Thor journey through the realms ride. And where I'm where are you with... eating while John whoa, whoa, whoa. and I are on our awesome kick Can I go with my floor. attraction because it ties okay. in? Okay, I thought that no, was it's... your. I thought that was your attraction. Well, the show. The show. Right? He wants to do oh, the show. Okay, your show. My show. And it's basically the same thing as you do for King Arthur's Sword and Stone. Okay. Except Thor's hammer. Oh. Fuck. Isn't that great? That's, I did I did not think of that. Just having Thor's well, hammer in I'm a crater. I'm terrible at this game. That just being like, and just having kids walk up and see if they could lift it up. And then every once in a while, you'd be able to it, lift it up. It, and it, that would be a thing. The, mag, the magnet says, let yeah. go. And that kid picks it up. And then somebody comes by and goes, no, you got to put it down. I, I think <laughs> I would get more out of lifting Thor's hammer than I would... Like King Arthur's sword, like because yeah. it's one thing to be king of England; it's another thing to be, be god of thunder. thunder. You know, whoever you know possesses hammer. Is no, I, I, I would almost think, yeah, power. no, it's it like, would be, sense, it would right? be a given that that has to be a thing that you walk up and you go, 
and nope, get to doesn't take pictures move. with it. Yeah, know, exactly. And, and then there'd be somebody watching it constantly, so when it does come up, like you, you get a little like. Or even even or, somebody who walks up dressed as Thor picks it up and then hands it to a little kid, and the little kid's like, "Oh my god, it's really heavy!" And then I'm he gives just, it back yeah. to Thor. I'm just sad because Paul outcrisped me with this one. <laughs> You did. You it did. makes sense, right? It, it makes it ties so much more sense ride, than mine. And it just, it just works. John, I your think show? Disney could pull it up. I, I think so. And it, it works more than. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, uh, don't apologize. It's great. My, my show would be a military thing of soldiers doing something. And then all of a sudden, Steve Rogers doing everything faster, better. You know, these guys barely being able to lift something, and then a guy just walks up and, like, picks it up, throws it over his shoulders, no problem. Or that they're running, and then he runs faster, or he does everything better. Like, that would be the thing of, it's like, you're part of the military watching how much better this super soldier is than your normal soldiers. And even though it's like, oh, well, of course that guy's, his is full of balloons, that's why it's lighter, but having that guy come up and be like, Hey, good work, guys. You really picked that up. And then he's just holding it over his head, one hand. Like, that's the stuff that would be something that would be cool that would be a show. I think that's the kind of thing is that, like, as you have the, like, that uber cool, like, guy just wearing the afflicted t-shirt that's, like, trying to lift it up. And you just have the guy like, no, no. You're trying your best. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, and then the guy just picks it up with his one hand and then hands it to him. And, like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, I can't hold it. It'd be awesome. Mine's much more in line with the Star Wars show that you have already with, like, the kids fighting mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Because mine was the Heroes for Hire School for Superheroes. Oh. <laughs> where you would have Iron Fist and Luke Cage teaching kids about the ability and the power inside fighting against bullying. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a no, good... it, it's worthwhile, that's but ultimately nice it's one of those things that if you're the parent that's looking at, like, the program, you're like... Yeah, I totally oh, agree with you, Chris. We, we can we can skip that and do Thor's hammer. I want to so pick up cooler. Thor's hammer. <laughs> so much cooler. Uh, no, but that, I mean that's a good one, and and I, th- I think like, bullying shouldn't happen. It shouldn't. And I also think it'd be cool just to have like the guy that's playing Iron Fist like teach the kids like, no, you got to punch, punch, and then then kick. You punch through your target, and then you, and then you have stop. Luke Cage like, "Sweet Christmas!" <laughs> like, he he punches that up. Like, I I think it could be fun for mm-hmm. the adults that are just kind of like watching their kid go through this bullshit. Yeah. While the like the superheroes are like, "Oh, get tripped on the stairs on the way up." Not a master of kung fu. <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, you get in the part. Hey, people your superpower is going to come when you get bit by a spider, kid. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I, I think these are all great ideas and could fit into mm-hmm. Paul's a little bit better than And but. And the other thing is these super, like, even as a 30-year-old man, to walk through this park, as, as great as it is to see the princesses or the characters, but for me to see, like, I gotta get my picture with Daredevil, and then get my picture with Daredevil, and that guy look legit, and then be like, "I'm Captain America." Get my picture with Captain America. Like every time I see a Marvel character, I would lose my shit. Yeah. And having them just walk around the park, and that guy being like, "There you go, buddy." Good job, sport. Yeah, and it's just be like, "That's awesome." 
Well, that childlike wonder. You're reflecting back on your interaction with Daredevil. What restaurant are you sitting at to do this? Like, uh, I'm a bit of a drinker. I want to go. I want to go to a bar. Not just any bar. It's the bar that all the villains go to. And you see this every so often in different comic books. Especially Punisher. The the hangouts where yeah. the villains are. And I want to go and I want to see like that torn Fantastic Four shirt on the wall. Or that little bit of a trophy. They might have lost the battle, but they walked away with something. A damaged Captain America shield. You know, the Repulsor Ray glove hanging on the wall and then you walk up and you're ordering a drink and then the guy next to you goes like that's a drink for a pussy and you look over and it's a guy dressed up like his electro and you're like okay yeah you're right it's a pussy drink but i'm gonna enjoy this shirley temple thank you sir would you, <laughs> would you feel better about this place if it was called baron von smucker snack shack and weapons depot <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. Sponsored by Smucker's <laughs> Jelly. <laughs> because what I have here is fun for the whole family as you try out the latest supervillain weaponry and jam inspired snacks. <laughs> yeah, man. I do love jam. I don't like jelly. I love jam. Baron von Smucker's. You're <laughs> welcome, Disney. <laughs> See, I was thinking of the classic, like, corner uh dive uh diner for mm-hmm. the Marvel universe because that's I think that's where Ben Graham always eats. Yeah. It's where Captain America would eat, getting a slice of pie and a milkshake. And you know, like that's the the Johnny Rockets. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of well uh, you know, I was thinking of like cafeteria food. We had it in we had it in Thor, mm-hmm. that yeah. corner bar that he stops at We've had it in um, Wolverine. I think that first episode or that first issue of the Wolverine by um, what's his name that was Paul Cornell. Paul Cornell. He stops at the bar that's his kind of semi superhero bar. And this just recently, <clears throat> I started reading the new Punisher series, or not not the Punisher. It's the Spider Man. Yeah, the Spider Man issue where they have the yeah. villain bar, and then it makes me think of the Red Hood. Issue of Villains United, whatever that was for um, Marvel, and they had a villains bar, and I was like, you know, a villains bar would be so cool. Yeah, it would be those little those little things that they lost the battle, but they walked away with Spider Man's boot or mm-hmm. something something out of that. I, I'm glad you had like the same idea I did because I want to walk into that like no, this is where the schlubs come, but. Look at what we have. Like, this is the newest technology that we have. And for that, I kind of imagine it being a little bit more like an arcade mm-hmm. where they can pick up Dr. Doom's death ray, but they're playing a game yeah, while okay. they do it. Why wouldn't you just have it as arcade's murder world then? Uh, because Varen von Smuckers <laughs> <laughs> gave me an awesome thing to lead into it. <laughs> True, true. Uh, that that was actually my backup. Hmm. Uh, my first one was the Shield Commissary, which would be a table service, like, sit-down meal, where you are a Shield agent, and you're in their, like, cafeteria area. And then, whoa, 
murder mystery style hydras infiltrated us who is the hydra agent here Mm. and as a diner there you have to piece together from what everyone's saying like who the hydra agent is it's a little bit more involved than just like hey i'm gonna sit down here and i'm fucking eating next to constrictor (laughs) but it would be more of that premium service kind of thing well, I, I'd be more the person that would be going to the just like super villain hangout bar, mm-hmm. like the almost got him kind of thing. Yeah, and I think if we went there, we would go to both of those places if we had the money. Yeah. If we had the money, yeah, we would make. I I'd probably be able to get us a, like into Baron von Smuckers pretty quick because I came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> So well, Indiana I went Jones first, next, so or I did. Where, where are we going? Well, uh, Muppets. Uh, well, what, what's I, the third? Mupp- like Indiana Jones was tied into that, uh, that Lucas like arts. Oh, thing. okay. Well, I wanted to do. You can, you can, <clears> can throw I throw your, mine out? Yeah, you can throw uh, your, yours out there. You know the the Disney where you go in the windows and you show cards and everything. Um, yeah. Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, the game. Yeah, the game. I would want to do an Indiana Jones themed scavenger hunt throughout Magic Kingdom. Okay, like Carmen San Diego style. Yeah, All right. and I think that would be really fun. You're, you've already got my attention because we did the um, in Epcot the yeah. Phineas and Ferb one. Yeah, exactly. like we did the like the Mexico one, and, and that was, was fun. And if there was ever a property that would lend yourself to seeking out buried treasure or secret scavenger hunt kind of things, and they also have the you know hidden Mickey's Mickey Adventures. That's kind of scavenger hunt at Disney World that is, quote-unquote, not official. I have to go to the bathroom, but I really want to hear what John has to add to this. It's official, but it's not quite official, the Hidden Mickey thing, like scavenger hunt. We're doing an official thing where you have to run into somebody and say a secret code, and it'd all be kind of kept quiet. It would just be done for the people that knew about it. Indiana Jones style, I think it would be really cool. Uh, not only be really cool, but I want one moment where you have to go up on like a roof of a building and look down and see the giant X that is in the plaza. Yeah. And be like, X marks the spot. Like, or, or get hassled by Nazis and have to run away from them when they ask you. Kind of like your worth idea. Yeah. Like the stormtroopers. Stormtroopers. And I've been biting my tongue ever since you mentioned that <laughs> with the papers. And I'm uh, like, Oh, this is like my idea, except you would have to run. Yeah. And uh, then somebody would show you, like, tell you to come, like, in a certain way, like, hide in the truck, hide in the truck. Or right, come like, over here, like, act like you're behind this newspaper. Yeah. But, I mean, you have to have that moment where you look down and say, X marks the spot. You yeah. know, you gotta hold that card just right and, like, put it into the machine because you've seen the giant exits in the plaza. Yeah. And, you know, at the end, you would be rewarded with something cool, like, you know. A lanyard. <laughs> yeah. Well, or a, you know, this Disney has a ton of things that are super collectible for no reason. <laughs> like the lanyard pins that yeah. they have. The, you get a special those, pin. Like, there's the pin trading pin. Yeah, the pin trading pin. Where only, if you, cl- if you, if you completed everything, you, you get, get the, them. you get the holy grail pin. Yeah. Basically. Paul, again, I think this is a great idea because right now they have the Phineas and Ferb Mm-hmm. Like Agent P adventure, where you go around World Showcase. Yeah. Before that, it was a Kim Possible one. 
Phineas and Ferb won't be around forever, but Indiana, but Jones, Indiana will. Jones definitely will. And what better lends itself to globe trotting adventure, running around world showcase, than looking for some kind of treasure? And yeah, you you totally nailed it. I see myself running around World Showcase, but behind me is a red line exactly. like going around the exact same circle. It it makes sense. Why wouldn't it be an Indiana Jones scavenger hunt? Well done, sir. Thank well you, sir. Done. That is two for me. That's you, you're nailing the show. I, I just I just have to say I can't tell if it's a skunk outside or your ass. <laughs> No, this Both. is definitely <laughs> <laughs> a mixture. Uh, it's oh, a combination what? of genius and stink. <laughs> but the skunk's a genius, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's feeding me all his ideas. So you guys have definitely gotten the grasp of this now that I'm throwing it out there. So, John, our next property that Disney owns would be the Muppets. I'm gonna throw it to you. What do you want to do first? Ride? I'm gonna go. I want to ride. You're going. I want ride. Okay. Because you are Beaker, and Honeydew is sending you on an adventure. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's a roller coaster. I think it's one of those more, you know, you're moving through time or you're doing something. You're pissed off about it because you're Beaker. (laughs) You gotta be right. But it's one of those. It's one of those motion rides. Kind of like the Spider-Man ride, where you're trying to get through all this stuff, and the whole time, like Bunsen's like, "Oh, you're doing really well." Ooh. Oh, he's so kind of <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, "Oh, you're doing really good. Watch out on your left." And then the thing shifts, and then you're like, ah! and you you kind of like do that shake, I, that cartoon kind of run where you're yeah. like running in place, and then you start moving. Because <laughs> I see that that's what Beaker would do. And uh, you're going through all this rigmarole, and then you get to the end, and then Beaker or uh, Bunsen's like, "Well, that wasn't too bad." Oh, we we didn't record. <laughs> oh, it, we, we're gonna have to do it again. And then you kind of go back <laughs> into the ride. Yeah, like that would be if I was gonna have something attached to the Muppets, it would be a ride. That would be it. I, I think that's a very fun and definitely in the spirit <laughs> of the Muppets. Beaker and Bunsen are great, and we'll circle back to them for one of mine. <laughs> but for my ride, I actually went with the Fraggle Rock and Roller Coaster, Ooh. which is a theming, or re-theming, I guess, of Hollywood Studios' Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster. Because it's a great ride, and as much as I enjoy Aerosmith, not that Fraggle Rock's any better... I feel like it could use a little bit of a plussing, mm-hmm. as Disney likes to say. Like, it's adding something different. And the whole, like, hey, Aerosmith saying, you're our fans, let's get you on that backstage pass, get in the super stretch limo, we're going on a ride. I think shrinking down to the size of a fraggle and going through their world, the danger of the gore, it's like seeing the doozers, Building shit. Well, would you could be a fun ride. Like it's a little bit more family friendly than like a crazy fun coaster lends itself to. But I think the name Fraggle Rock and Roller Coaster is fun. It is. Would you be a mup or would you be a Fraggle or would you be on like that Dozer's track 
that's going that they're always building? Both. A fraggle on the track built by the dozers. <laughs> because you have to have that moment where a fraggle like eats a piece of the track because they love whatever they build that out of and then you fall off the track and then land on like another one, right? I I, I imagine this being just like a fully immersed ride where you're a fraggle, like you're going through the caves, you see the dozers there, you're like going around like the trash heap, like you see the gorgs that are like chasing you down. The you, trash heap that becomes alive, right? Yeah. It's like it's talking to Well you gotta slow you gotta slow down and talk to yeah. her and then keep going. And then you go. Like that that's when you like that's at the top of the hill leading up and then you mm-hmm. go down and you go through like the mouse hole that leads through like the mm-hmm. workshop and you're being chased by the dog. And this just comes Fraggles were really cool when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe maybe not accessible to today's youth, but fuck it, I'm I'm the yeah. person in charge of that. <laughs> exactly. I just have to say, people always forget the Fraggles kept eating the doozers tracks. They were jerks about it. Yeah. So you have to have that moment where the track is all of a sudden missing because the Fraggle ate it. Paul. Labyrinth. It. Oh, yeah. Mm. Labyrinth ride. Uh, I don't know how exactly you would pull it off, but I would want to go through a labyrinth. You want to go, like, do you want to go through the actual, like, story of the movie or just Not in really. that world? Just in that world, just a maze. Like, I love corn mazes. Like I so you want... you want the ride actually to be amazed that you go through? Yeah, basically, but I, I don't know how you would do it in uh, order to time people through it. You know what I mean? Well, but yeah, you don't want a lot. You don't want a line of people. Mean, I've in come the out way. some great with some great ideas this episode. <laughs> so I'm going to give this for, to you to just. I'm going to hand off this baton for you to run with. You figure out how to give me a labyrinth, a maze. You know, a corn maze in a theme park where it would be fun to What if it's a maze that it's the maze is the line to the ride and you're going through and you're seeing the guy that you got to put change in the hat and you can talk to him. And then you go farther and you you get to meet Bluto and then you see a dude killing fairies with spray and then you get on to some other kind of ride because that would be... The cool thing that would make the line even better is if you're going through that maze. What would you get on at the end of? You'd get on to a roller coaster. Oh, I just see it being like crazy, like Escher-esque, like you're going through like upside down, but everything else is like right side up. But like, no, you get onto a roller coaster that the uh, the front magic car, dance playing the, all throughout the front. The front car is like a baby, and then the rest of the cars are <laughs> arms. Their arms reaching out to the baby. No, that's just creepy. And weird. Yeah, that's creepy. Like county fair ride. It, it made you laugh. That's it all did. that counts. It did. That's all I want. It's like the, no, the like, corn maze theme. The, the, exactly. I would if if there was. I didn't even man. I didn't even think of Labyrinth because I was just totally tuned into the Muppets. But if there was a Labyrinth thing like that, I definitely I would want like you go around this turn, you see Bluto. You go around this turn, you see almost like one of those free areas where you just drop off your kid and be like, "Screw it, honey, let's go out for dinner." Boom! Like the Honey I Shrunk the Kids playground at Hollywood Studios. Like doing something like that. Drop them in a maze. Yeah, drop them in a maze and be like, "Enjoy, kids. Hope you find your way out." I, but and then mommy and dad are getting drunk. <laughs> and then and then there'd be you know John standing in there like keep putting money into the John, hat. John, John wearing like 
really tight pants. <laughs> oh, you see John and his weather wax. Uh, <laughs> and also somebody else's arms. <laughs> But you, I keep throwing money. Spitting balls. I keep throwing nope. money into the hat, and the bird keeps going woo woo, and I'm just loving every minute of it. Oh my god, I've seen that in forever, but it's so good. I love that. Movie. So, Paul, restaurant. You want you want to start off software? Restaurant or show? Swedish Chef's Restaurant. Yep. Like, All right. Honestly, like, that's got to be everybody's. Be. That's yep. that's right. What I had written down. You can't do anything else. It, no. Like you can't eat on dark crystal candy. <laughs> Which is basically rock candy. So that goes into your uh, your shop. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be at the end of the the ride. You get the doozer candy. <laughs> no, the dark crystal candy. <laughs> Come on, sorry. Well, that that's that's the black raspberry flavor. <laughs> it's made yeah. by Gelflings. <laughs> so show. Well, they for, already have. A I, good, I, I have a little bit more. Okay, go ahead. My restaurant. I'm showing John my notes here. What's it called? Swedish Chefs. This is a dinner theater experience. <laughs> oh. We right now at Disney World we have the Muppets at the like the Muppet Vision 3D ride, which, which is, is awesome. It's a lot of fun, but I want to actually go somewhere where I can see Muppets. And I think sitting down in a restaurant and this is going to be an ever-changing experience. You might just be sitting at your table, and right up next to you is going to pop one of the Muppets that's going to start talking to you and interacting with you. Because, spoilers, the Muppets are just puppets. You can have an actual actor behind the scenes in the wall talking uh, and interacting with uh, you. The Monsters, Inc., last studio. Like, there's someone there talking to you, and it's going to be a different show every time you're there. And the fact that there's so many different Muppet characters lends itself to this show. Because how great would it be to be sitting there in a restaurant and all of a sudden, hey, Fozzie's here doing stand-up comedy on the stage. And also, I mean, whatever you order, Ratso could pick up and be like, hey, you got a cheeseburger. You mind if I get some of that cheese? Or even be like Peppy going like, you got the shrimp fettuccine? How could you? Hey, man, you got, hey, man. You got, you got the King Prom <laughs> fettuccine. Hey, man, I'm King Prom myself. And all the while, you have okay. Statler and Waldorf, like, in, like, the balcony over, like, hey, guy, order the cheese. It, it could be so much fun. The only thing older than that cheese is us. <laughs> <laughs> it it would be, it no, would be a show. This is it. It would be a show. And dinner. It'd be the reason you go is the experience that's happening around you. Yeah. It's one of those restaurants that you're not talking to the people you're with, but focusing on everything else that's going on at that person's table, that's going on that person's table, that's going on up in the air, that's going on behind the bar. Is everything we wished was happening at the Harry Potter restaurant that yeah. we went to, where we're like, oh man, do you see the ghosts and everything that are going around? And it was like, oh, it's just like tricks and it's, it's like, like oh there's a really happening shadow. yeah but like imagine that and like the next time you go it's like oh miss piggy's doing like a one woman show like where she's just <laughs> singing the hits but they're all pig inspired and all the bacon is then suddenly off the menu while she's singing and then like so you can't get a bacon burger and then like exactly like the same thing like and then the concert comes up it's like no chickens no chickens <laughs> like this could be so much fun because the 
it would be a restaurant run by the Muppets. So as you're having your show, like, things are just going wrong around you. Uh, and just to put this out there, because I just thought of it, but, like, the show in bar from, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> like, that would be so much fun to walk in and sit and see, even if it's just a screen and seeing Daffy and... uh Donald having that fight. The pia- like the piano. Or looking behind the bar, and it's just a screen. There's a dude, like, pouring drinks. But behind him is the octopus, like, throwing drinks around and making drinks. Like, that stuff would be so much fun to see. It, it lends itself so well to this. And I, I, it's one of those things that's like, why don't we have more of the Muppets there? Because you just need a guy that can do the voice that has a puppet that's like, hmm, hi there. Hey, come on. Over there, you, over there. You can make this happen, even if it's not a ride or <laughs> a full-on show or restaurant. Like, you could have, like, a Muppet meet-and-greet where it's just, like, a wall. People would people would line up for this. And, I mean, there's also just the ability to program a bunch of stuff in and have it, even if they yeah. just pop up digitally, but have... You know, if somebody says something, you can have a reaction to it. Um, uh, it's like the um, the Magic Castle in California, where it's the big uh, magician thing. In the corner, they have the piano. Oh, the, the woman yeah. playing piano, and you can call out a the song, ghost. the ghost playing piano, but you can call it a song, and she'll start playing it and singing it on the piano. Like, almost, it, maybe not all the current stuff, but you could call out something, and they can do that. Also, my thought for the Muppet restaurant, uh, Swedish chefs, celebrity guests. You ha- <laughs> like, it, it's not feasible for like every day, but maybe like once a Epcot month. Epcot has that, you know, where they have the different. Yeah, they have like the bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what about like once a month you would have just a celebrity like being the shill that's there alongside the Muppets? Your Steve Martin, like Neil Patrick Harris, just like someone that's there for that day, like every like hour or two, just to like mm-hmm. be like the straight man. And there are a lot of people out there who are like Neil Patrick Harris, huge Disney and Muppets fan. Mm-hmm. Like he loves app both of them. He's got season passes to the California and the Florida one because he loves them. And he was upset that he was just taking phone calls in the new Muppets movie and not a bigger role in it. It it lends itself to what the Muppets were and like what we have or could have. Definitely. Like all all of these worlds would be ones that I'd I would love to be in and have those moments, but Muppets they always have something like deep in my heart that I yeah. love. The one thing that I'm surprised they don't have is that thing that uh we talked about much earlier on the podcast with Scott, the uh, Make Your Own Muppet. The Muppets Wonderporium Make It Up Match It, it, it was shop. available, but I don't know if they do that anymore. Because yeah. like, that was something you could just that's, buy. That's like, the one thing I would bring back. It was available at the FAO short store in, well, uh, if, in New York City. If they had gift shops. Yeah, that's the one. That would be my, not ride, but show or attraction would be that for because I think just so many people coming through there buying Muppets might be so hard. But if it's but here's the thing: like after you get off of Star Tours, they have the like 
there's two stations actually. It's like a make your own droid mm-hmm. thing where you can like piece together your own little like four inch action figure droid. But then there's also the lightsaber one mm-hmm. where they have like the different handles, blades, yeah. like everything. When I was there back in January, like the line for that was crazy long. Really? Yeah. Like, and that surprised me because I was like, you can just get some of the stuff at Toys R Us and like the box that does the same thing. But it's the fact that you're yeah. there, like you're in the Jawa Trader shop building your own lightsaber. Like that's a hook for people. And I think it, it, it would be one of those things like talking about going to the uh, Harry Potter thing, getting your own wand, going to the Muppets thing, going like, I got my own Muppet. Mm-hmm. Like, I designed it. It might not be the replica or something of me, but it's like, when I think Muppet, this is what I see. And then people look at him like, you're an idiot. But then you're like, no, this is what I want. You know, I want that that hair that's like on the top of Gonzo's head or uh, Pepe. You know, that it just seems like it. it's like so feathers. It's feathers. It's so light. It doesn't do anything. Like, I'd want that. And I'd want this. And I want a hook. And I want 18 nipples. Like, you could have it. John's Muppet's getting creepier and I was thinking of the strangest things I could say. I want that feathered hair, though. And a hook. And 18 nipples. 18 we nipples. know now. Yes. Girls, do not apply unless you have 18 nipples. Just a lot of freckles. <laughs> a lot of freckles. Uh, I, I think everything we've submitted would be something that I would want to see or do. If I had gone down to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And did we get our Muppet Show in? I just did my Muppet Show. Which oh, was I didn't the, do my Muppet Show. Which was What's the your Muppet Show? Attraction. What's your Muppet Show? Making your own Muppet. Backstage. Like, the frenzy going on, getting ready to go on stage. Like, sitting and watching that. Because yeah. that's more than what the show... You know, that's yeah. half... You, you that was had, half of the old Muppet yeah, Show. Yeah, you had glimpses of that. Just like... The hustle beforehand. And it's something that you can have, you know, it, it, them talking to you, and it could be a, hu- a group of people, them talking to you like you're the assistant to Skeeter, and everything's going wrong, but every time you go watch it, it's a different show. You know, they could have five, they could have ten different versions of it, and be like, oh, the Martians aren't doing it right, like, oh, they're not here, or this person is here, and then have, Mark Hamill or somebody else walk on and be like, "No, I'm the celebrity yep, of this yep, show." Yep, 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 yep. And I Wah. I can't get this to fit or this banana nose looks ridiculous on me. And then them walk off and then you watch something else happen. Yep, 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 yeah. yep, yep, yep. Thank you, Paul. Uh <laughs> can't, the Martians weren't doing it right. <laughs> I kind of mentioned it before. My show would be Beaker and Bunsen themed, much like your ride. Mine was Beaker and Bunsen's Science is Funson, <laughs> which would be them teamed up with the Bill Nye, the science guy. Oh. A little bit more, th- like... Not uh, at- Imokyu Akaku? Or somebody else? Not, no, like... Not, or uh, I, Neil I, deGrasse Tyson? I'm pretty sure Disney has Bill Nye, the science guy, on a retainer <laughs> after going through Epcot's future world where he's in Ellen's energy adventure. Yeah, but you could bring in somebody else that's, like, that but science person There's now. other people that are, like that science person now, but Bill Nye is the science person that will 
always be, I think. Yeah, but he you could have said that about Mr. Wizard. You could have, if Mr. Wizard was still that science person now. Mm-hmm. Like, Bill Nye has, like, he's an institution. Mr. Wizard's been dead for, like, five yeah, years. Well, good luck well, digging him up. Well, here's but the Bill thing is, Nye is, is in the 70s, early 80s, maybe mid-80s, you could have had that Mr. Wizard yeah. thing. From the nineties on, I, Bill Nye is the guy. I think he's been surpassed. That's he's, all I'm saying. He's the science guy. Exactly. Except but here's the thing: Neil deGrasse Tyson is now the science guy. He's a, he's a sci he's a science guy. He's not the science yeah, guy. Yeah, people because, aren't watching that show on Fox, by the way. Things, really? They still bring Bill Nye on to talk about anything science related because he's recognizable. He's Non-threatening, not that Neil deGrasse Tyson is, <laughs> but he's one of those people. Who's like, oh, Bill Nye, the science guy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know who he is, and I think having him alongside Beaker and Bunsen could just be a lot of fun, and it would be like that edutainment, like teaching kids mm-hmm. about science. And he is fun himself, so he would get into the fact that he's there with Beaker. And Bunsen. And it would be a great play because he is so likable. He wants to teach kids. He wants to teach not just kids, anybody. Yeah. He's a man that is totally inspired by being bringing science to everyone. And as dated as Ellen's energy adventure is when we went on it. <laughs> so that's dated. She didn't have a short haircut. She, she it, had a short haircut. It's... It she could, didn't dance as much as I thought she would. It could, it could use an update. And Bill Nye was a big part of that. I think he can continue on, teach kids about science now, what energy is currently, and use the Muppets to make it a little bit more, not enticing, but Entertain- more entertaining. And friendly. Yeah. Science friendly. No, I, I enjoy I just was hoping that we'd maybe update the person. Nope. I'm sorry. It's like Bill Nye or this guy that people only know about because of that Fox series. Or the man that's been science for years since I was a teenager, even less younger than a teenager. I I know about Neil deGrasse Tyson because of Bill Nye. Oh, really? They're buds. Science buds. I only know of him because of Cosmos on Fox, because I had to watch those advertisements on Hulu all the time. Oh, it's great. I've learned a lot more about him since then, because I was like, this guy seems interesting. That sounds boring. That makes sense. He's he's an interesting... (laughs) Well, screw you! He's an interesting dude. I just have that nostalgia of Bill yeah. Nye. Like, and I, I, ultimately that's what this is coming down to because he makes science fun. He is the Elton Brown of science. Much like Elton Brown is the Bill Nye of cooking. <laughs> I agree. So is that wraps us up? We're at like two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. Please wow. write us and review us over at iTunes. We've already said that enough. You can follow us over on Twitter at Board. Like us over on our Facebook page, right? Yeah. Uh, Bang the board cast, or just bang the board. And if yeah. you find us over on Facebook, let me know if you think Paul's boring. They they would, except they fell asleep <laughs> listening to me. And let us know if you think science rules. 